This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Uh, Barbe Boo Bob. <laughs> and we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're getting personal, real personal, with the mm. real on the wall kind of thing, you dig? Nope. As we started watching Spine 250 in the Criterion Collection, five films of John Cassavetes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spine 251, Shadows from 1958, mm-hmm. and Spine 252, Faces from 1968. Yeah, I forgot. You forgot all about these movies? <laughs> they seem like years ago, Jared. <laughs> Ages ago. But first. Yeah. RJ. What? What's shaking? bacon i don't know do you like that fun thing i did with my name there i uh i pretended to not really say it did you get that did you catch on to that yeah i did were you uh, a fan how's your week been i mean it's pretty good jer uh the weather is unseasonably warm mm-hmm. uh, some people would stephen king would maybe call it quote unquote problematic word summer i won't repeat it but you know the one uh unseasonably warm and uh, we had our ac kick in the other day that's how hot it was that's how hot it was sure so that's good uh but other than that it's creeptober baby it is creeptober it it began after we finished recording last week sure did what we somehow still wound up doing a three and a half hour episode how did that happen i don't know what was i do know last week (laughs) i know battle of algiers Oh fuck! See, no, I, I, no, when I was uh, getting my Word document ready for uh, this week, I was like, "Fuck, Battle of Algiers was last week." Yeah, see, seems like a long time uh, ago. It does, you know. And then we watched more movies. Oh, how many have you watched uh, on day seven of Creeptober? Day seven. Uh, what am I up to? Not including the creeps this week and mm-hmm. uh if you don't include the the looney tunes kid cartoons i guess i'm at mm-hmm. 21 movies watched so that's on average three a day and i didn't even get to watch anything on the first he's back baby people are going to be thrilled mm-hmm. hey, this yeah. is this is like I've, I've been saving up you know i've been doing mm-hmm. all these i've been doing lots of other stuff and uh now the time has come to bring the A game. Get back well, in the saddle. Is this going to be a recurring thing? Or are you going to keep watching movies after? I don't know. It's too soon too, too soon to tell. Mm. Well, we're in that nice honeymoon phase right now where it's still fresh. We're a weekend. You know, there's been a couple duds, a couple good ones. And you're like, yeah, I still got uh, lots of steam in the tank. Mm. But give it another 12 good, days. Good one. See what huh? happens. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, that seems to be going too far. Twelve days, good ones. Mm. Oh, I had uh, a decent one. No, I, I've had a couple. I mean, there's. I've also been uh, throwing in some rewatches oh, oh, yeah. of uh, yeah. some movies I haven't seen either for like a really long time, or mm-hmm. uh, that I have watched in previous Creeptober's, even predating Creeptober, when it was Ooh. just thirty-one days of horror. Some, some mm-hmm. rewatches in that regard, and uh, those have been good. Because I mean, I, I'm going to start getting to the ones though that uh, that are a little bit on shakier ground. Movies I want to revisit because I'm like, I didn't like it the first time, but maybe I'll come around this time. You're a madman. I, w- I don't rewatch anything. 
well, you know, part, there should be some fun here. In this, I agree. In this ghoul schooling, creeptoberin. I should, I should be able to enjoy myself. It shouldn't be just like a brutal slog to like find one movie out of 50 that's like, hey, people, you, you could give this one a toss, you know, give it give it a shot. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's, I, I mean, it, I, I meant rewatch movies that aren't, and then, that in you general. didn't like. Yeah. Oh, well, I but mean. In general, I think it's fine. You should mix yeah. in some stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's like stuff that I'm mean, like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I might like this more now. That's the other thing yeah. though too. It's not like just like I thought this movie was at utter dog shit, and like maybe right. like often it doesn't work out well for the movie. Is that like, uh, do you think Trog fits into that category oh, for you? Oh, man, well I've never seen Trog, but oh you haven't? I no, thought you had. No, no, Trog will be a first time view. But well, that's exciting. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing the. Uh, the reactions to people checking out Trog and uh, it's not good. Well, what do they know? Honestly. I don't know. Honestly. What do they know? Trog. Trog. I mean, look at it though. Trog. I think Trog sounds awesome. Am I going to watch it? Maybe. No. How's your, how's your week been? Fine, I think. No. I mean, not a lot of action on my end, you know. We, uh, I'm watching movies. It's a uh, kind of a bummer that uh, I don't have any Star Trek. There was this nice little, yeah. There was a day when I was like sitting down and I was like, so I was like jacked up. I was like, I can relax. I can see what Cisco is up to, <laughs> and all the boys. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not allowed to watch nope. DS9 right now. I'm legally uh, prohibited from watching that at the moment. So. Um, I watch stuff like Bad Girls Go to Hell instead, and uh, I think I'm a uh, not. I think I'm a worse person for it now. So you'll hear more about that next week. But yes, it's a it's a bummer. Bummer. What about you? Have you been uh, coughed on yet by anyone? Well, I mean, I don't really see many people at my job. Uh, t- today I did. Today I saw what ten people that I had to say hey. Let's not all pile up here. Let's spread out, which was like, did you, which did seemed you when, when I said that, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm. <laughs> I, mm. I had to kind of like go, Hey guys spread out. Cause, uh, our, our numbers are on the rise, RJ. And I'm not uh, just talking about podcast plays. Are podcast plays on the rise also? Not really. They're, they're, they're mm. fine. They're doing fine. I saw someone tagged us on Instagram for our Twin Peaks episode. Yeah, and that's that's nice that uh, they're. Oh, uh, you want to talk about? Uh... But I was gonna say I, I noticed some of the comments on that uh, YouTube episode, and uh, I found them extremely disheartening. A fr- yeah, there was a fresh one for us on that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know uh, if I read it or oh, not. Oh well, this is from two days ago, as a matter of fact. Okay. I knew I had. I knew I had go when they called David Lynch's masterpiece, Inland Empire, his worst movie. I question whether people who don't like this movie are fans of Lynch's work at all, as it is the most purely Lynchian film he's made. I wholeheartedly disagree. And I feel like I would never say I question... I question how much you like this person based on your uh, interpretation of their movies. I would never say that. But I, I do question anyone who thinks Inland Empire is his best movie because I don't think so. 
not today, Jarrett. There was one other person here that also said, man, I love Inland Empire. To me, oh it's the God. culmination of everything you did. I prefer it to Twin Peaks The Return, actually, in the, in the little smiley face. So go go watch then that then, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still haven't met anybody in real life that likes that movie. So this is like, this is some, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you call this bullshit. Mostly what tr- what what bothers me is that these people come to a Twin Peaks thing and they find the uh, they're that, only that, like real things in comments. Yeah, in three fucking hours, <laughs> you don't like Inland Empire. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, God, it's it's so ugly looking. It's so ugly. David Lynch makes so his movies are so nice, and that movie is like, ugh, oh, that did that the look of it, that digital look, it does not work. I also just, I just didn't think it was very good, to be honest. I was it's like, this is like, off. it's too I, much like other things. I'm, I mean, if you like it, I mean, that's fuck, fine. I'm, I'm, but... gl- I'm glad, I'm glad it has an audience. I mean, it's not as uh, divisive. Even looking through my uh, letterbox here quickly, it's got people who like it. I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of. I oh guess I see one five star, one five star. I think there'll be, oh, a, yeah? I think there'll be more on the second page. Okay. But uh, there, there you go. There's uh, Nathan, who often is the five stars on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's people who like it. I mean, it's cool. But, man, I, mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't like it at all. And but, but, but apparently that's our greatest crime. Yeah, I – it's like you said. If you like it, that's cool. I just don't really, like – People get it in such a huff when we don't like stuff, and it's just I, I, such like, a huff that they even comment on YouTube. Yeah, and they're just like, "I disagree," and it's like, "That's fine, man," but like, why are you even bothering, like, with life? You know? <laughs> like, why as I've said many times, with life, nothing matters. So it's like, why? Why do you feel the need to get all mad when two dudes you've never met and will never meet in your entire life no. don't like a movie that you like? You know? Get over it. Uh, do you have any words of like encouragement for uh, my friend Corey, who it looks like just finished watching the Underworld series? Do I have words of encouragement? Yeah, I tell him to just give up. Oh. Yeah, I think he just finished all five of those. I think there's even like an animated one. I don't think he saw. I don't think he watched it though. Does he have any reviews? Because I could comment, give up on one of his reviews. <laughs> no, no, he's he doesn't really review that much. Hmm. Well, maybe I'll just find something that he he said. Oh, here's a review of Jeff Town from <laughs> January 2018. Hell yeah! I could tell him to give up on there. I. But what's the content though? I mean, there's like there's no link. I don't know if he's gonna know. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think he should just know. <laughs> You know, nah, he's done now. So hopefully he, I'm gonna. Hopefully he's gonna check out some more vampire films. And yeah, set vampires in the, are cool. Set with leather and in the modern age, Twilight. Hey, Twilight. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I remember. I remember when Underworld One came out. I was like twelve or something. I thought that movie was awesome. Uh, there was a customer at the store who still actually has to pick up a like really expensive Underworld toy. It's like three hundred dollars. Oh. Is it kind of... It's uh, what's-her-face. Suggestive? Underworld lady. Is it underworld suggestive? Kate Beckinsale. Remember when people cared about her? Remember, remember I, that? I care about Kate Beckinsale. Huh. 
She was in that Adam Sandler movie, Click. Don't she, you, or, that, that, don't you yeah, that is the... Uh, that was like number two of her most popular films. And then she was in things that nobody owned. Yeah, it was under... Fuck, Underworld was 2016. They were making them that far. My goodness. Well, God bless them. And this movie, The Widow, where I don't know anyone who's seen it. Well, it hasn't come out, really. And it doesn't have a director. Fascinating. Well, what's your Kate Beckinsale count? Because I am at nine. Oh, boy. What do you think I'm at? Three. Two. Is it for Aviator and yep. Click? No. <laughs> Is it Serendipity? Uh, Van Helsing. Ah, nice. You know, that movie could have been super cool, mm -hmm. even with all the same people involved, just if it was better. I didn't. I mean, I've got the same feelings toward Van Helsing as I do for the Tim Burton uh, Planet of the Apes. It's kind uh, of, it's, it's in the same kind of uh, junky pile. The junk pile? No. Steven Spa, could hey, because a... you know, if you recall, RJ, Steve uh -huh. Sommers, the man behind The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. And let us not forget the live-action Jungle Book. I am uh, deeply aware uh, of those two Sam picks, The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Uh, he might tell you that they're not Sam picks, but they are. And uh, I remember that Jungle Book. It really scared the shit out of me when uh, the big uh, snake would come. Mm -hmm. There's a big snake in that movie, isn't there? Not just the yeah. little snake. There's a big one, isn't sounds, there? Sounds about right. What do you think about G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra? I've seen it. No, I didn't think. I don't think it was a very particularly good movie, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. Dennis Quaid is in it, apparently. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, what about GI Joe Retaliation? I don't know if I've seen that <laughs> one. Starring Bruce Willis. Oh, isn't the Rock? Oh, yeah, the Rock is in that one too. Yeah, I've seen that. as Roadblock. Yeah, I don't think that movie is particularly good either. Oh, so. You know, Bruce Willis. Oh, but the RZA is in that movie. That's pretty cool. Who does RZA play? Blind Master. That makes sense. Of course he does. Makes sense. So uh, nothing else new with you, hey? Nope, just these emails. Oh, baby. Any females? As a matter of fact, yes, there is. Oh, holy shit. Lay it on me. Well, first up, mm -hmm. we got Sugarhead. That big sugary bastard, what's he up to? Hi, Garrett Pumpkin and RJ Bagul. Holy cow. It's finally Creeptober, and I've started off slow with the movies. That's because I was finishing up The Sopranos. You guys Oof. hear about this show here? I finished Oof. up The Sopranos, and wow, I can honestly say it's an easy top three TV show all time for me. After Ooh. concluding The Sopranos, I quickly transitioned to watching a Creeptober pick evil bong let me tell oh, you this thing is not on the same level as the sopranos <laughs> good thing there's like eight more to watch maybe the quality will improve uh well i mean i i'd be remiss to uh not discuss the garrett pumpkin and uh, rj bagul those are pretty spot on uh aliases for the creeptober season secondly I'm glad that he watched Sopranos, and I'm glad that he enjoyed it, because I also think it is one of the top dogs of all time. And uh, what a transition, hey, to go from uh, Sopranos <laughs> right into to, Evil to, Bong. To, to fucking Charles Band shit. Well, you watched... How many of those did you watch? Evil, Evil Bong? Bong? None. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you watched some. No, of I, I I only watched Ginger Dead Man. Oh. I watched one of those. No, I I can't do I can't do that stuff. I can't do that latter day band. It's they're so yeah. bad. Isn't there a crossover of Ginger Dead Man and Evil Bong? I think at one point. Yes. Okay. Do yeah. you think Sugarhead's gonna watch that? I hope so. I hope that he takes the hit like you did on all of uh, Full Moon. Hey, are you gonna watch the Full Moon movie? I I lent you that can. Uh, I will can figure out on their own. Okay. Well, I I have a good idea for a contest for that movie. A oh. contest that I'll never make good on. As you know that I as yeah. I like to do. You like to waste everyone's time. Yep. Yep. Well, they waste my time. Oh. What is the what is the best? This is uh, Sugarhead's second thing. What is the best Soviet chocolate bar you received? Anyway, can't wait to hear all about the problematic movies you guys have been watching. Mm -hmm. Well, man, it's good to hear from Big Sugar. I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, Problematic movies next week, indeed. I got two of these uh, Soviet candies right beside me, Jared. Me too. I got. I've got. uh, Well, I've got all of them here. Mm -hmm. Um, I have sampled. Some off air. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the very first one, I the, the packaging didn't leave much of an impression, nor did the chocolate. It reminded yeah. me a lot of like like a stale pot of gold type of deal. Oh, like I real, see. real, you know, bottom of the barrel shitty chocolate that like you find it in like a, like a uncle's or something like that, and you're like, oh, they're like, oh, you want some chocolate? And you're like, yeah, sure. And you go, no, never again. The second one though. It had like mm-hmm. a had a bear on it with a bunch of berries. A and, bear with berries? Yeah, it was like a bu- like a bush, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, that was pretty uh, pretty decent. It was a fruity chocolate thing. The third fruit and chocolate. Yeah, together. Okay. Okay. And then the third one, I think, had a a child. There's there is like a lot of children oh, on the was packaging. It, was it this one? I think it was. Okay, this is I pulled two two away well, to eat on air. Okay, but, uh, if, well, see, I've got one here. Like this is, the, I think it's like the same child. Oh, it is the same child, but, but it's the same it's child, just... but it's a different format. Okay, wait, hold it in front of your face. I'll do it. I'll do a screenshot. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Okay. I'll post that later. Okay, so uh, the that the third one I had, I think it was a child, but it was like a boozy chocolate. <laughs> Oh, uh, like one of those brandy cherry type deals? Like one of those things? Luckily, I think the wrapper might even be on top here. Ooh, lucky for you. I have my wastebasket, and it's just like, I haven't been here forever. See, okay, so, yeah, okay, so it was like bears. So there's one of the, Uh there's the bears. So there's no bush, but there's bears. There's, it's like four bears climbing up some trees and logs. Yeah, that, one, so that, that was know. very berry. And then I think this is the one that like I, the first one I ate. It's like a oh that you really liked. No, I was kind of like meh. And then I think it was oh maybe it was that one that was really good. Damn it. Yeah, maybe it was this one that put the building that was delicious because it was okay. boozy. And I've uh, yeah. I, I, as a child. I did uh-huh. not. I didn't care for the boozy chocolates, but now as an adult, it's like, hmm. I I don't think any kids do care for the boozy ones because no. they're they're yucky. They are yucky. You know? So you want to fire up one of these? Yeah. So since you didn't ask, but I ate two when I picked them up from you. I I popped two in my mouth right from the car. I ate them <laughs> in the car and drove home. They didn't have anything on the wrapper. I grabbed the ones that didn't have anything on them. I thought they were uh, caramels, but they weren't. 
But uh, I'm going to eat this baby face one. Are you okay. going to also eat yeah, a baby I'm, face I'm, one? Yeah, the biscuity looking baby face. So the the words on it are Clerkbergen, now Kapakchbin. Mine are Azjecha, well, that, that's just immaculate Russian, buddy. You're yeah. doing those classes have really been paying off. Mm-hmm. So it appears mm-hmm. to be a chocolate that looks like a caramel. Let's see what's inside. Oh man, this is pretty tasty. Mm. That's like a wafer. Yeah, this this bad boy's a wafer too. It's almost like a coffee crisp, but without the coffee flavoring. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So it's like a wafer. With a little chocolatey nugget, and then it's in chocolate, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is actually pretty good. Mine's like oh, a, mine's like a, a wafer marshmallow. This one, if you have any of these baby face ones, I, I recommend it because it's actually pretty good. Mm. People can listen to us <laughs> eating Russian delicacies for um, as long as they choose. Um, this is the podcast now because each of us has about fifty of these. So, I, got, I was just gonna do like one or two a week. I got, really? I, I don't, did you get one of these bad boys? Do you get one with the the polar, polar bear? bear? No. It's possible. I don't have the bag with me. I um, uh, I put the bag in my beer fridge, which is in the laundry room, to keep them cold. Got, I got I got blue one. It's rectangular. So that looks just like the one I just ate, but it's got a polar bear. Is that mm. white on the inside? No. Hmm. Is it coconut? No. Mm. What's it mm. taste like? This is, okay, for, uh, this is for our ASMR fans. Uh huh. I know Oliver's really big into the sound of us eating Sh- on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is what I'm going to eat next, Jarrett. It's called Kobopka. Kobop. Kobopka. It's got a cow on it, and it's a square. It's actually pretty big. It's like a... It's actually a pretty big little bar. So let's, uh, it, it looks like a chocolate wafer. They all look like chocolate wafers, to be honest. But, all right, let's let's dig in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. Fuck yeah. That's a big, wafy boy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big, wafy boy, Jared. Mm. Mm. Oh, dang. Every, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to put, like, my finger on this uh, polar bear that I've just eaten. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't figure it out? Can't quite put my finger on it. Hmm. Hey, the kabobka cow is not as good as the little kid. Um, um, it is pretty good. It's like wafered. Lots of wafer, um, like lots of thin wafer covered in chocolate. The wafers are a little dry, which I think is intentional, but... Uh, Maybe it's a coffee or milk Duncan kind of chocolate. Oh, maybe. It's got a little bit of an aftertaste. I don't know what it is. I can't tell. That's the, that's the toxins. Well, I mean, uh, when I brought them home, Andrea was like, you brought those in the house? I was like, yeah. What was I supposed to do with them? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Right? Got another email here. Oh, okay. From yeah. uh, Anya Lebezhedinov. Oh, really? Timely. Interesting. Many thanks and return address. Ooh, did she send an address? She did. 
Okay, you got to forward that to me, and then uh, I'll make good on my uh, promises. All right. <clears throat> what did I say I was going to send her? Coffee crisp and ketchup chips. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if the chips will make it through transport, but I'll try. Dear RJ and Jarrett. Oh. I must first say how much I do regret the impression made by the shipping waybill that seemed to only refer to Jared as Mr. Yeah. The problem was that I understood that it was sometimes convention to pluralize titles at the beginning of a sequence of surnames. However, mm -hmm. I later realized that the short form of Mr. Pluralized was also the short form for Mrs. Mrs. Mm -hmm. in your culture, and then I changed it to the singular without thinking that it would seem that I was neglecting to give the appropriate title to you, RJ. I apologize. I meant no disrespect. I reversed your names for the time being out of fairness. I see. Mm -hmm. I had yep. also considered just putting citizens before your names, but then I wasn't sure what was customary as Cana Canadian communications seem to be informal. Uh, I appreciate the uh, her reaching out. Um, I didn't take offense. I was just kind of caught off guard by it. Um, I think in the future, citizen works or a doctor is fine. I'm deeply touched by your mm. warm response to the package that I sent to you, and I am most pleased with your enthusiasm to read Mother. I'm very much looking forward to your sampling of the chocolates. Thank mm -hmm. you for the generous thought to send some Canadian delicacies to me. I would be very curious and delighted to try them, as I have not, to my knowledge, ever had anything from Canada. I am deeply Ooh. touched by this. With respect to my return address, I am currently without a permanent residence in my home city of Yekaterinburg, as I am okay. only interim director of the Maxim Gorky Foundation since the firing right. of my predecessor. I am compensated mm -hmm. with a modest weekly honorarium, along with room and board in the home of the chair of the board of the Maxim Gorky Foundation and my yep. superior, Mr. <laughs> Frio Brazhensky, where his wife has kindly set up a cot for me at the bottom of the pantry. I do not need very much space, so I appreciate this hospitality, though I hope one day to be able to maintain my own residence again, and surely if I were to be considered for the position of actual director of the Maxim Gorky Foundation, which is my mm -hmm. highest ambition, I shall eventually receive a wage and will be able to take leave from the Frio Brazhensky residence. I am not complaining in the least. As the great Maxim Gorky once famously and wisely wrote, quote, when everything is easy, one quickly gets stupid, unquote. That's, I mean, that's good, good advice to live by. Thus, it is this quotation that guides me in remembering to embrace always that which is not easy in life. It is all comfortable enough, even though it has been said that Mr. Preo Prezhensky is a cantankerous fellow with short patience. I would not say so myself, of course, as I do not wish to be written up for insubordination for a third time. Incidentally, Ooh. the second time that I was sanctioned for insubordination arose from a regretful misunderstanding that occurred in the, I'm just going to say P family residence, when I most innocently referred to Mr. P's semoid with what I now realize was an unfortunate choice of idiomatic language to use cross-culturally. With mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. Alexei, of course, named for Gorky, is the most affectionate dog, but he relentlessly terrorizes the neighborhood cats day in and day out. Thus, Damn. I addressed him using the compound noun, Nukarayar. This was oh, my yeah. rough yep. and perhaps too literal translation to the English puss hound. Mr. P hastily <laughs> accused me of uttering a vulgarity. 
To defend mm-hmm. myself, I explained that I had merely translated a common English phrasing that I had learned from listening to the Global Phenom, that is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and that it certainly did not mean whatever it was that Mr. P was insinuating, which I will not repeat here, lest your podcast may be sanctioned further by your state's censorship agency, yeah. the yeah. Podcast Commission, who it seems also takes the phrasing as a vulgarity, although I doubt those officials interpret it to be quite as unsavory as my superior's translation is. I wish mm-hmm. I had known of these potential heteroglossic meanings before I addressed Ooh. poor Alexei, Gorky's namesake, so it'll suffice to say that Mr. P's interpretation was quite shocking indeed, and it could mm-hmm. make one wonder at his mind and his propriety, though I would not myself even think to wonder at his propriety as that would be another act of insubordination. My self-explanation mm-hmm. did not please Mr. P, who recalled the disagreeable memes that your other listeners posted with reference to Maxim Gorky, and he became even more enraged. Mm-hmm. Officials do seem to lack an understanding of how civilians speak, and this leads to all manner of troubles, sometimes even imprisonment. May I ask, oh, as a point okay. of clarification, what do you mean when you say puss hound on Criterion Creeps? I think you got to field that one, bud. Well, Anya, uh, a puss mm-hmm. hound is one who has an unquenchable thirst for women. <clears throat> Tactfully put, yeah. my friend. Unquenchable. Uh, they, they, will, they will go to the ends of the earth just for a taste, RJ. A taste of what? Of, of womankind. Okay. Anya continues but please forgive what may appear to be a digression this is my long way of saying that I would so very uh, that I would be so very pleased and warm to try these special Canadian items but that since I do not have a permanent residence and I may have lost some favor where I room and board in Yekaterinburg I have been sent away by the foundation to work on the mounting of a theatrical production of Gorky's play Children of the Sun in Bulgaria this is meant to be consolation for the disruption to my earlier initiative and is really the only Gorky production that is able to be staged during the pandemic since, in its setting, it makes perfect sense for everyone, including the actors, to be wearing masks and staying apart from each other. I have just arrived and will be here for some time as we have now just put out a casting call. I will be assistant director for the production. Therefore, I will give you the address at my current location after the closing of this letter. I shall be I shall be here for months, which will give Mr. P some time to recover from the puss hound incident, and hopefully he will not hold it against me when the board begins a proper search for the foundation's new director. Currently, I am staying with a very kind host, Maria, in the city of Sofia, where the production will surely be one of the most memorable of the theater season. Most theater is canceled. With warmest appreciation, your faithful listener, Anya Lebesheinenoff, Interim Director, the Maxim Gorky Foundation. Wow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, Jarrett. Uh, I think I think Anya has shown that she can apply herself and um, really kind of go the extra mile. And I, I think she she's ready to step up from that interim uh, director. I, I really do. And, you know, uh, whatever his name was, um, Bresninski's, uh, maybe he just needs to see that. Maybe, you know, there's going to be an opportunity soon where he can uh, be aware. But uh, another very well-versed uh, email. It's good to know that Anya's doing well. She can expect some uh, candy. Yes, we did taste it. We had a little tasting just now on air. It was great. It's very good. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I don't uh, I don't even quite know how to respond. I mean, it's good to hear that she's doing well. What about you, Jer? Any thoughts or feelings? Thoughts or feelings? I mean, again, I, the the thoughtfulness of this of this endeavor uh, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it's just amazing, RJ, that this international theme on it, it keeps paying off. It keeps paying dividends. We have people from all over the world. They send us records. Mm -hmm. They send us chocolate. What? what, They send us socks. Our Arby's uh, paraphernalia, yeah. That's right. So we can can feed and dress ourselves and soothe ourselves with with music and cereal. Yep. Don't forget about the other thing. And literature. Don't forget about the biggest one of all. Love. Love. Love is real. You, you, you can taste it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it just speaks to our global success and uh, our international um, presence that uh, so many people are, are reaching out to us. Uh, it's 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 always good to hear from them, right, Jer? That's right. Just that that, that email train continues, RJ. Oh, we have other emails. We do. Okay, Justin Peterson. Speaking oh, of records and cereal. And, sure. And uh, headphones. Sure. And Creeptober rolls on. <laughs> yes, hey, it does. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? Creeptober has gotten off to a solid but slow start for me with enjoyable rewatches of Paranormal Activity, The Birds, The Ring, and Videodrome. But looking at your watches so far this season makes me feel like a basic horror bitch. I just don't <laughs> think I can compete with picks like Orgy of the Dead and Masked Mutilator. Mm-hmm. So what is this year's ghoul school schedule? Well, um, I guess, whatever, what is it, part 13 we're coming up on? Ooh, what is that one? What's part 13? Well, we go to hell or? I don't know. Has the any, reboot? Like, other than like, is it the um, those horrible witch board movies? Oh, uh, no, doesn't, does uh, Friday the 13th, does it have a 13th installment? No. No? Oh. No, none of them we, do. Is we could like, do Puppet you, Master. I don't, I don't even know if that has like 13 real movies. It's got like 10 at least. Uh, shit. Well, I mean, that, we'd have to look yeah, into it. That will take further investigation. But yes, uh, next week we will take off uh, from the Criterion Creeps regular schedule to do a Google school. Mm-hmm. Be middle of the month and at the end of the month. So there will be no no email reading unless there's something mm-hmm. very pertinent. But even then, probably not because yeah, those episodes are long enough. <laughs> yeah, we probably won't read emails next week, guys. Just a heads up. <sighs> Looks right. like Friday the Thirteenth is the current champion with twelve. That's oh, such and bull- ha- and it's so bullshit that Friday the Thirteenth doesn't get a thirteenth installment yet. I know, I know. It's <sighs> so yeah, that's the schedule, and in between, watching a whole lot of movies, a whole lot of shit. Let me tell you. Goat movie question of the week. Mm-hmm. What are some of your all-time favorite movie deaths? Ooh. Ooh. That hobo vet getting his head blown off by an air tank in Street Trash was pretty gnarly. And I sure mm-hmm. wanted to die after seeing Willem Dafoe's junk get crushed in Antichrist. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Best death, like, in general? That's... Oof. I don't know even. I don't know if I could even name a handful of them. Uh, Bone Tomahawk has a pretty pretty good death scene. <laughs> that is a pretty. That's like pretty tough to top. Um, yeah, that's my pick. The the heavily well the, the edited version of uh, the Vice death in Casino. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie M. Charlie M. You make me pop your fucking eyeball. Uh, but it's all it's all chopped up, so you don't really see the explosion that apparently they left in because they knew that the MPA would cut it down to like mm-hmm. a sliver. 
So that, and and uh, Joe Pesci's uh, demise in that movie is uh, that one's pretty gnarly too. Pretty uh, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Bone Tomahawk. I guess that, that <laughs> one. That's that's a that's a definite that's a one A or one B for me. Yeah, that, that one's pretty pretty memorable. It's pretty good, man. Pretty real good. Other than that, uh, I don't know. I can't really think about it. Yeah. I'm looking at my past creep list, and I'm like, I don't know. So after my first night of watching all horror movies, I was in the mood uh-huh. for a few laughs, so I put on Coneheads. I had okay. recalled seeing this movie countless times, but it turns out I had only ever seen the second half of it all those times when I when I stopped watching on TV. Have uh, you all ever had a similar experience with seeing only half of a movie multiple times? Yeah, that's happened to me with a bunch of things, but I can't remember what they are, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it happens with Ghostbusters. Hmm. Well, you've never seen Ghostbusters? No, I I have. But there's like just movies that I've seen half of. Films. It's always like you always see part of it or cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's it's like movies that are just on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about like Rob Zombie's Halloweens? Do you ever get those in half segments? A- accidentally? No. Yeah. I can't say as I've had it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a bummer. I was kind of hoping that you would have said yes, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. I I know it's happened. I just can't think of it. You know. Just, just can't think of it. Fine. I don't know, man. Um, leave, leave us hanging there. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll abstain until next week. While introducing my kiddos to the birds, I noticed oh, how yeah. fucking long it takes that movie to get to the badass bird horror madness. About 52 minutes to be exact. Have you ever found yourself yeah. being less patient with a movie while watching it with someone else and eager for it to hurry up and get to the good parts so they don't lose interest? Yeah. Yeah, sure. frequently. <laughs> Anytime I show Andrea a movie, it's it's always just like, oh, man, I hope this gets good. Otherwise, she's going to leave. And yep. she's, she's going to look at me, judging me. Well, she would leave, but not just the room. Like, she might just leave for good. Right. That's the kind of, uh, those are the stakes at play uh, in our relationship. One so, bad movie, she's out of here. Wow, it's pretty touch and go. Well, I mean, it's just the way it is. I can't change it, so... I, yeah, I've got. Mm, I, I definitely have. I couldn't specifically say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know. food, uh, foodie question of the week. Let's mm-hmm. continue with the breakfast theme this week and find out if you guys prefer waffles or pancakes. Also, do oh. you like real maple syrup or the fake stuff, like fake maple syrup? Mm. I think it means like Aunt Jemima. No, I would. That's mostly sugar. I would definitely prefer a nice crispy waffle. And having been raised on fake syrup, I find that real maple syrup is way too sweet for me. Also, are you guys real butter boys who slap plenty of that melty goodness on your breakfast carbs? Uh, I am a real butter boy for all food in mm-hmm. general. Um, you know what's kind of ridiculous though? Uh, I was just asked if I'm a pancake or waffle guy by friend of the show, Oliver Granger, a mere two hours ago, Jared. What? He messaged me specifically and said, do you like pancakes or waffles? So I don't know what's going on in Creepsville over here, but uh, there's some interesting confluence. And uh, my answer uh, is exactly what I said to him. Both. I want them both. Well, I, um, yeah, it depends. I mean, I don't have like a waffle 
griddle or anything of like that. So I can't have waffles on demand, but if I see them, say, at a hotel, you know, continental breakfast type deal, mm-hmm. which some, they now seem to all have, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm talking about? You, you pour it on, you put it mm-hmm. down for a minute, it tells you to rotate it. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, I like those pancakes. Yeah, I mean, I I like both a lot. I wouldn't say no to either of them. Right. But uh, I I think it is kind of hard to beat a good tall stack of pancakes, if you know yeah. what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, in terms of maple syrup, I mean, I think I think we just have normal maple syrup up here. You know, like I think he means Aunt Jemima because that stuff's like a little bit more sugary based. But uh, I don't know. We have a normal like actual maple syrup in well, our house. Just regular old maple syrup. It's Kirkland brand, so it's from Costco. I don't know. Uh, it's organic, 100% real maple syrup, whatever that means. Okay. Yeah, I have no problems with Aunt Jemima. And yeah. I find that when I do have maple syrup at a restaurant, because they're like, oh, it's maple syrup. And you're like, well, it must be better. And then I have it, and it's always like, eh, it's fine. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. actually more of like, there's like a, you can get like blueberry syrup. Oh, yeah. That's just yep. not too bad, as well as like a, like a brown sugar syrup that Firestone does. Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty fantastic. You know what Andrew does? Because uh, uh, her grandparents would make her uh, apple pancakes a lot, and she makes like a cinnamon sugar mm. with like butter, and like it's kind of like a a spread, like a dry spread. Jared, yeah, throw that on there. That's pretty good. Yeah, I have no, uh, I have no objection to uh, not real maple syrup either. I like it all. And yeah, totally. like I mean, I'll have butter, but I also have margarine. Uh, yeah, we don't buy margarine, but I, I'll eat it. Yeah. if it's in front of me. Yeah, you know, if it's pre- if it's presented. I mean, I'll eat about almost anything, Jared. There's certain if things. Someone else I mean, it. there are certain things that like margarine gives a certain flavor to. I mean, it's like, like corn. Corn. Ah, uh, probably know. corn. <laughs> it's probably corn. <laughs> it's probably corn. <laughs> I need to weigh in on this Whataburger debate. They don't have this interestingly orange Wonder Woman W style fast food joint in the Carolinas. Mm. So I was super curious to try it the first time I traveled to Pensacola, Florida for work. I was really impressed with their burgers and would describe them as being a notch above Wendy's. Plus pre COVID days, they would have an employee come to your table to bring you different condiments, including my favorite spicy ketchup. Oh, girl. What the hell is spicy ketchup? It's like ketchup. But spicy. But it's spicy. I've, I've, ne- I've never heard anyone talk about it before. I've had it. Uh, I think there's a a French's spicy ketchup up here. Okay. French's, not Heinz. Right, Jared? That's right. The Canadian way. <laughs> Finally, to some toy talk. With you guys being big horror dudes, do you have any mm-hmm. interesting horror movie memorabilia? All I have is a Krampus pop that was sent to me as a uh, part of a giveaway which surprisingly does creep my kids out thanks for the time creeps and have a great show 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 cheers well it's nice to hear from jp uh i mean i have a couple godzillas um i really want to get some x files toys but uh, i i believe that you have a an assortment of halloween themed horror themed goodies no oh man or you did at one point like horror memorabilia yeah fuck like or just toys or whatever toys i mean i was buying some of those uh neca like 
Friday the 13th. Like, I have, I have a mm-hmm. Jason. I think two Jasons. Mm-hmm. One's got, like, a cool, like, 3D box with a knife coming through the shower curtain. Oh, uh, from part three? Yep. And okay. That's cool. And I've got a Fred, a Fredward, a Fredward, Fredward Kruger. Mm-hmm. I've got, like, a little bit of Godzilla stuff. Memorabilia, though. I think one of the neater things I've got is uh, way back when Marvel Comics did like these uh, Nightmare on Elm Street magazine comics. And they only did oh, like, yeah. I think two of those. And I remember getting That's those cool. at a garage sale like back in like 1995. Mm-hmm. Just totally random. And uh, those are kind of like neat. They're terrible comics. Yeah. But real bad. And then uh, I think Avatar Comics was putting out they're um, licensed, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th comic books that were just like, mm-hmm. <sighs> again, shit. But they had really fancy covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, so I have, like, a handful of those and stuff like that. But eh, nothing, like, too blow away. I don't have any, like, original posters. I that's not, uh, There is the uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer poster I got signed by Michael Rooker. Don't, didn't you for a long time have that hung up over your bed? Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe just so he could keep a keep track of you, or uh... yes, uh, there's the uh, and I had to like, but it's not even like a real poster though. I had to like get this oversized one printed out, like from like some seller on Amazon because they had the Joel Coleman painting mm. painted cover. Yeah, you know, Michael some Rooker. Call... Michael Rock, Rooker thought it was cool. I'm sure he doesn't say that's cool to every single person that comes up to get things signed. This was during the heyday of Walking Dead as well. Did he actually say that that was cool? He did. Did I ever tell you about how I made Nathan Fillion laugh once? You did. They're in a movie together. They are. They're in actually more than one. Yeah, because they're James Gunn boys, right? Yeah. They were in Slither together. They're going to be oh, in I, other I got, movies. I have the uh, Malcolm McDowell photo uh, that he signed. Of this one scene, it's like they had like these options of like eight by tens. Yeah, and there's like the one where uh, it's like the shot of like the from the home invasion, and it's like Malcolm okay. McDowell with like the the mask on, looking at the camera, and it's like low angle, and she's just naked. And then he didn't say it to me, but uh, my friend Lawrence, he was getting his sign, and he said, "You can see a pubic hair." He said that. Yeah. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he said that at least twenty times throughout the day, but um, that's. Uh, I think uh, ooh, we should get. We should make coffee mugs and we should put that on there. <laughs> you can see her pubic hair. Yeah, sure. Quote yeah. Jared Duncan. No, quote via Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> well, however you want to phrase it, just no. just get it done, okay? All right. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's I got, yeah, I've got nothing too cool. I just have a lot of fucking movies, boring yeah, ass movies. Yeah. Uh, next up, Actium Jackson Maximus. Oh baby. With an email entitled RJ. Yes. Italians. Get get fucked. Hey Crips. <laughs> with school back in session, I found myself ingrained in Italian culture even further through an Italian language class as well as an Italian film class. Wow. What? What kind of school is this? Not one I want to go to. <laughs> wow! Now you're just turning it like now it's just now it's just getting racial here, RJ. No. Yeah. Wow. 
Unfortunately, my film professor seems to believe that Italian neorealism is responsible for everything in modern cinema and is quite dismissive of other forms of Italian cinema. Okay. That's interesting. I don't really understand, and uh, I refuse to comment on it. Luckily, my language professor named Bava and Argento as notable Italian directors, so it's good to know at least one is a man of culture. Were there any notable professors from your years in college? College. Such an American way of saying it. Uh, you know, when you go to college. Uh, so wait, what was the question about college? Uh, did RJ, did you have any uh, notable professors from your years in college? Well, I never had him, but there's a professor from Creepsville who uh, was recently in within the last year in the news for being a Holocaust denier. And he has tenure, so he's still there. Well, so. he's Professor Emeritus now. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of off in his own land on YouTube. He's doing his own thing, but... Uh, talking, talking about uh, what temperature steel beams melt at. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. So we, we got one of those. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good one. Tony? Hi, Tony. Uh, actually, you might know this dude. Um, do you remember that guy in the art department who died? He, like... He, he his legs were kind of like um he was like uh, he walked with like a cane yeah, okay yes and uh andrew always used to say that he used to say naked naked so uh naked naked so i, I always thought that was pretty funny it's like you know when uh, you get naked like talking about paintings and shit like that i don't hmm. think he said that to the class of students like you know when you get naked i don't know if he said that I had classes with him, and it, uh, it that, happened. That didn't jump out at me. There was another guy too. I can't remember what class it was for. This was also Andrea, where I guess the guy was teaching, and then he just kind of went upright and he went, "Excuse me," and he walked out of the classroom like really fast. And some one kid in the class went, "Diarrhea," <laughs> which is uh, pretty good. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm glad that one uh, worked for you. That's a true story too. I didn't just make that uh, Bar- up. Part of it was your face of when you said it for on behalf of this anonymous man in the class. Because you know it wasn't a woman who said no, this. No, it was a dude. It, it was a dude. Uh, uh-huh. God damn. It, it, these are just one of the millions of stories from <laughs> uh, college and university campuses. Yes. Yeah, I I never had any like particularly wacky ones. I don't know about you, Jer. Man, oh man, no. <laughs> well, actually, I I had one who was kind of a nut bar. So she taught like um she was a psych professor and she did addictions and hormones and stuff like that. Uh, and I remember she would come into like Psych One Thousand classes with a a Ziploc bag of cigarettes, and she'd be like, "I am addicted." <laughs> to this and she'd hold it up and everyone was like jeez oh, relax uh-huh. it's like fucking cool it lady I she was to... she was weird though my uh my only real memorable one i think like that's like for like for this isn't like in a good none of this is like in a good way this seems to be more in like the we're talking in like ain't they zany uh yeah. I, I the one professor i had for logic 1000 Ooh. he he um i think over 50% of the class failed the first test. 
including okay. myself and everyone I knew in the class. And when I told my friends about this, who had also taken logic with another person, they're like, what? And they're like, what are you learning? And I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about hobgoblins and gremlins. And like, I wasn't like, it's like, I'm not this guy, man, he, he got into, he was always having these endless debates and conversations with this like student who identified as a Christian patriot. I'm not uh, familiar with that. Yeah, it's a thing. Take look okay. it up. Uh, that that guy's still uh, in town and uh, runs a family business, but uh, and had that like pot that you know in Full Metal Jacket, uh, mm-hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio's character staring off into the distance pile, and like you're like, oh man, he's really going to hurt somebody someday. This guy had that look too. And what so, local business is, is it? I'd I'd prefer not to say. I'll tell you off the air. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the professor though he he finally that I think they got rid of him. But I don't know if he's still alive or whatnot. But you you mean he they got rid of they him? got rid of him like yeah you know oh, okay no they, they 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 somehow he left them or he got to a point where he shouldn't be teaching anymore because I think that was also yeah. the, that was also uh, one of the things is his. Uh, facilities his faculties his facilities yeah his, i his mean either, either are fine either uh, they, they left him they, okay yeah they left him and uh he shouldn't have been teaching and i got to be part of that and uh it was it was a wild ride because we all just started like being oh. like like what is this because there's no like you find out also at that point there's not nothing you can do mm-hmm. you can complain all you want but and the emails yeah, oh the emails from that guy? Oh yeah. Mm. Do you think he ever abruptly left his class? Because uh, because of say diarrhea. Diarrhea, like that. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, who's to say? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jackson continues. I'm oh, right. prolonging the talks of Franco by asking for your opinions on Jean Roland. He seems to be the other major European erotic horror filmmaker, and after watching Fascination, I'm quite intrigued with him and interested in hearing your opinions. Keep up the excellent work and creep on, creeping on. P.S. Did you notice the Cassavetes cameo in Shadows? Yes, I did. Uh, I only noticed the Cassavetes cameos in every movie. Yeah. It's kind of my thing. That's your thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jean Roland. RJ, you've mm-hmm. seen. I think you've seen one, right? Uh, who is this person? Uh, director of Grapes of Death. Ah, I have seen the Grapes of Death. Yes. I can't remember. Did you watch Iron Rose? Did I make? I have watch? seen the Iron Rose. Okay, so you've seen two. I think so. Yeah, I've seen two. Okay, you've seen at least yep. those are the two you've seen. I think I watched Iron Rose last year, actually. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I um, I, what would you say about him? Because, yeah, it's basically in that conversation. You have Franco and you've got Roland. Uh, They are very different but so similar. Roland, he is all in on the vampires and Mm. uh, a lot of naked vampires and a lot of castles. And and they usually come in twos. I need to Mm. almost rewatch the Roland. Actually, I'm going to rewatch Fascination because I saw Jackson watched it. And I was like, you know what? The first time I watched it, I wasn't prepared for what I was signing up for, and I need mm-hmm. to I need to redo it. So I'm going to watch it again this month. So maybe I'll have new thoughts on it. But yeah, I I really like his movies, particularly like I think Grapes of Death is like 
his more of his conventional movies. Iron yeah. Rose, I think, has a really weird power to it. Um, that like it shouldn't work, but it you just kind of watch it anyway, and it, it kind of just sucks you in in a way that some movies just don't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just pull up what else he's done on top of those th- big three. Living Dead Girls, okay. She is both alive and dead. Night of the Hunted, I actually, I think I like more uh, after time has passed. I mean, yeah, all is like, I mean, he's got like five or six vampire movies of varying quality. Mm -hmm. And there's the one I've yet to see, which is the Escape Ease. I need to see that one. I saw, I think I watched the Orphan Vampires not that long ago. That one, it's very, it's made in 1997. So like long after his heyday. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, come on! How many? How can you pass up on a title like "The Nude Vampire," which I also gave, I gave three and a half stars to? Holy crap! This uh, vampire eroticism comes up on the show quite a bit. I don't know if you've noticed that. Hey, what can I say? I, I don't know. I'm asking you. It's pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> okay. good. I mean, Criterion's I think missing missing out. Is there no Criterion's about uh, vampire eroticism? I don't think so. Not at this time. Hmm. Well, maybe well, that can be your Criterion film. Vampire Lesbos. Not that one. That's someone else's. Okay. Yeah. Jared Berger writes Ooh, with an email baby. titled Late. Hey, Creeps. I'm not <laughs> sure if my email is too late. School is getting busier as usual. Hope Creeptober Damn. is treating you well. Mainly going to be a question for RJ. But I'm <gasps> looking... For some sweet 50s sci-fi monster recommendations. I haven't seen many, if not any. I now... And now I am chasing that high of them. Happy creeping. Mm -hmm. Jared Berger, real guy. Fuck, he's a real guy. I've been saying it for for years, Jared. For years. Uh, I would say... I'm going to have to see if I have any tags on this. I don't use tags very often, which is... RJ problematic i know uh i would say the biggest one off the bat is criterion film war of the worlds Mm -hmm. uh because it's it's not it's not monsters but uh it's 50s aliens and uh, that movie is fucking ace my man all my men's i'm skimming through uh because we we were both watching 50 sci-fi stuff like a december way back when we we did for a while, yeah. Um, I really liked War of the Worlds. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still was awesome. Um, I didn't like The Thing from Another World. Uh, that wasn't big on my list. I don't know about you. I I think it's got some good stuff to it. But yeah, I, I think you were not a fan of the uh, the dogs. The dog mutilation? Yeah, that's not usually one of my top goes. Yeah. Um, Hmm, let's see what else I got on here, Jer. Well, I have on my 50 sci-fi tag, Quatermass 2. Okay. And then I've got uh, 1958, The Fly, is worth a watch. If you haven't already, watch Godzilla. Oh, yeah, Godzilla for sure, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Kaltiki, The Immortal Monster, which is co-directed by Mario Bava. Ah, uh, big Bava boys, huh? It's a, it's a blob movie. It's like I think it's better than the blob. Yeah, well, the blob is only just like all right, you know. Yeah, uh, I I like that 1950s invasion of the body snatchers. That one's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I'm still looking for 
if I have a take here, which is probably doubtful. Actually, you know what makes way more sense? I go to the 50s, and then I... Look at sci-fi? Look at sci-fi and see all the things I've seen. You don't need to watch... Well, on Day of the Earth stood still. Yeah, I uh, that that one is very good. Okay, I got some 50 shit here for you. Good. Uh, Let's see. Let's sort this by science fiction. Okay. Uh, The blob is okay. Uh, Fiend Without a Face was on this podcast. That's okay. Uh, What else we got? Yeah, Forbidden Planet. That's a pretty good one, right, Jer? Yeah, if you like (laughs) relations of men and women. (laughs) What do you mean, relations? Well, isn't that the, like, that's the one with, uh, yeah, everyone wants to get with her. Maybe. And, And it's very like, huh, man, these guys really horned up dudes. They are horned up, but I mean, who isn't horned up? It's true. Uh, so yeah, he he just watched them. Them is actually pretty good, pretty decent. It's one of the better ones. Uh, one of the better ones. Uh, Beast from Twenty Thousand Famines is okay. Uh, Invaders from Mars is okay. Quatamass is pretty decent. Um, hmm. I think there's Quatamass. There might be some I have saved under like horror, but yeah, the big ones for sure. War of the Worlds and Day the Earth Stood Still. Those two are both like top quality dogs. Am I right, Jer? Mm-hmm. Those are big dogs for sure. And then uh, I think um, there's a – I think I have one I might watch this year. I think it's The Day the Earth Caught Fire. So if he wants to watch that, I, that was one I was going to watch. Sounds pretty cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Godzilla stuff. All, 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 all good stuff, you know? All good stuff. Uh that was it for Jared's email. Then we got another one, RJ. Scott Bailey. George C. Scott Bailey? Happy Creeptober, guys. A few yeah. weeks ago when you guys were talking about box sets, I gave in and bought the Bruce Lee set. I have Ooh. one movie left, which I'll probably wait till November to watch. I will say I like the box set. My question for you guys is what is your favorite martial arts films? It doesn't necessarily have to be Bruce Lee. Uh, mine probably won't be. Bruce Lee, just as I haven't seen a whole lot of Bruce Lee stuff. I, f- I remember uh, when Sam was deep into watching his Hong Kong stuff. Mm. I made some recommendations, like Five Element Ninja. What's Five Element Ninja? It's a movie with Kung Fu. It's fantastic. What's, what's a Kung Fu? Exactly. Uh, I, I would say Kung Fu Hustle has got to be one of the best. Yep. Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer. Do you co-sign on Kung Fu Hustle? Absolutely. Damn. I never thought I'd see the day. That movie is very nice. Yeah, Stephen Show, uh, he, uh, his, like, I think Shaolin Soccer was, like, the jumping off point. No, Kung mm-hmm. Fu Hustle was, like, his last good movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. how that works. Uh, man. What, what about Rush Hour? Rush Hour? With no. Jackie Chan. <laughs> No. What about Rush Hour Two? No, I mean, like, I guess would you consider like I know I know some people are going to be like all big uh, raid fans. They like that those raids. Yeah. I mean, those are uh, almost like so modern. I mean, John Wick, I guess mm. technically has martial arts, but I'm not like crazy about those. I guess like when I think martial arts, I think like Shaw Brothers in Hong Kong. Mm. And let's take a gander. Here. What about Rush Hour Two, Jarrett? Also a pass. Also a pass. Uh, I actually, speaking of Jackie Chan, I actually think Drunken Master is really cool. A uh, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, had a martial arts box set, and it had like 
Drunken Master. I think it had Crippled Masters in it. Crippled, as well. or maybe even Crippled Avengers. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But well, one of them, one dude didn't have arms, and one dude didn't have legs. Yeah, yeah okay. there's, there's a Crippled Avengers. That could be it. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Man. That movie's pretty gnarly. Man, my the uh, I like. I mean, I wasn't the first uh, If Man. I thought was mm-hmm. good. Then it's diminishing returns after that. But yeah. so I pulled up my Hong Kong list. Iron Monkey's mm-hmm. pretty good. Okay. Uh, ba, 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 ba. What about Romeo Must Die with Jet Li? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You watch all the good ones. You know it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I got it here. Closing these windows. Oh, man. RJ, I'm on Tubi now. You're on Tubi because of Jet Li? Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Oh, okay. Five Fingers of Death. Five yeah. Element Ninjas. Uh, I'm looking only at my like high, highly regarded ones. Return of the One Armed Swordsman. Mm-hmm. Crippled Avengers. I gave that three and a half stars. Yeah. Men from the Gutter. <laughs> okay. I think that's more of a grimy movie than a martial artsy. Oh, Holy Flame of the Martial World is just incredible nonstop action. Mm-hmm. Come Drink With Me is really good. Killer Constable is really good. What about Exit Wounds, starring DMX and Steven Seagal? How about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, RJ? Are you not going to acknowledge Exit Wound Wounds? No. <laughs> it's got Bill Duke in it, Michael J. White, Anthony Anderson. Huh. What about those guys? Huh. What did you just say? What uh, movie? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, RJ. Remember that? I mean, I watched it when I was like nine. Yeah. I don't really remember it, though. Do you remember it? Yeah, I think I, I saw it in theater. Is it good? It's long. Mm. What about The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires? Is that Kung Fu? Sure. Probably. Okay. That's uh, going to be Shaw Brothers, too. Or it's like Hammer and Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Something Directed like that. by Chang Che, the director oh, fuck of yeah. Crippled uh, Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy's awesome. So uh, any Shane of his movies? Like, pretty well everything he does is worth watching that I've seen. Yeah, he's really good. I think I've seen one of these one-armed swordsmen, but I don't remember which one. I think like the one that I've like. There's like the like five fingers of death. Hmm. That <laughs> movie is not so great. Well, even though it's got like an amazing title. What about um, Romeo Must Die? I guess like martial arts too. I mean. Yeah, that would be, be my list. No, RJ. What no. about Rush Hour 3 starring Roman Polanski? Finally, Sam Sanchez writes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Email number seven. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. Happy Creeptober. Hi. Been dipping in deep to Creeptober outside of the last few days. Ooh. Tons of middle-of-the-road scores I've been handing out. Jarrett mm-hmm. described pretty much exactly my relationship with horror and how I approach it. I love horror. It's likely my favorite genre, but a huge majority of it is crap. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. highly watchable crap, and very often with wonderfully friendly runtimes. Oh my god, yep. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Everything's under ninety minutes. It's so not. It's so, you can fit in two in the three hours. It's yeah, it's incredible. It's amazing. I still have tons on my watch list for this month, and I definitely won't finish. But I'll give it a shot. That's all. That's all we can do. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, whatever you don't watch gets put over to next year, right? And uh, the uh, the pool of creeps for next year just grows and grows and grows. 
and that's okay. To touch on the video game discussion from last week, and RJ being a Nintendo boy, I yeah. was too, originally at least, when it was between Nintendo and Sega. But around the time of the PS1 coming out, I've mostly been a big Sony boy. Yeah. Ooh. I stopped playing video games pretty much altogether during the entire PS2 generation outside of GTA 3 and through early PS3. But once I finally bought a PS3, like in 2010, I was back on board. I think I've purchased mm-hmm. every console from the three companies over the last two generations for each, but find myself never actually playing the Xbox and only touching the Switch on occasion. Speaking of video games, though, I have been playing quite a bit of the new Tony Hawk 1-2 remake that Ooh. came out last month, which is awesome for fans of those original two. was hoping to nice. play with level creator and see if I can recreate a certain creep host's garage as I hear it's a great place to skate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, if he wants, uh, picks, I can picks send... of the picks of the garage would be appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I can send him some picks. Uh, one thing I can tell <laughs> you is I do have a, a couple signed pictures of uh, Mr. Leahy and Randy in my garage, so uh, oh. that's that's a place for him to start. Yeah, right, Jer? Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's, interesting. Uh, interesting. That's pretty good. I look, <laughs> I look, I look forward to a, a screenshot. Uh, Yep, Lastly, on the burger talk, I would toss my hat in the in and out camp. Growing up, Damn. I wasn't a big fan, but uh, my, as I've gotten older, I've grown to love it. I only hate having to wait in long lines for it. We also mm. have five guys around here, which I've always heard great things about. And granted, I've only had it once, but I wasn't a big fan. Take care, guys. Keep actually watching movies this month, Jarrett. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Hey, shut up. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, with that. Um, I, I'm glad to hear he's playing some Tony Hawk. And I'm just looking at his diary here. Sam Sanchez has been fucking crushing oh, yeah. horror movies since September 20, like 20th or so. Wow, those ones don't count. Okay, well, listen to this. On September 24th, he mm-hmm. watched Shadow of a Doubt, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, Dial M for Murder, Evil Speak, Rear Window, Night Game, The Pack, and The Birds. It's like 10 fucking movies. Or wait, one, two, three. That's seven fucking movies. It's a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, Dude's been crushing it. If you looked at Jackson's output. Oh, God. I, I, half of that stuff is transcendental meditation. Anyways, I, uh, I can't even keep up with not, it on the best nah, day. Not lately, though. Oh. Well, I'll go look at his right now. But, yeah, he's been he's been watching some, some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Transcendental meditation. <laughs> that's that's a good way to describe Jackson, no? Mm, no. 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 Have you seen Sam Sanchez's uh, Avatar at the moment? I have not. It's it's not a baseball guy. It's not. Uh, I think you you will appreciate it quite a bit, to be honest. Hey. I'm I'm appreciating his favorite films right now. He's got City of the Dead, oh, aka Horror he's, he's Hotel. A, he's he's a demon. He's a demon at the moment, yeah. I wonder uh, if he's going to watch any John Lewin Moxley other than uh, City of the Dead at the moment. I don't know. I try, I try going down that road. Which road? The uh, JLM. John. Yeah. I do want to watch this one called Nightmare in Bedham County. It's got a cool poster. What about Home for the Holidays? Uh, that one was not so good. Uh, oh, yeah, Take- you did watch that. Taste of Evil was good, though. And that's on YouTube, I think. Where have all the people gone? I don't know. A strange series of solar flares proves fatal for inhabitants of the Earth. 
except Ooh. for the fortunate few who are somehow immune from the effects. Kind of like the president. That sounds pretty good. See, John Moon Moxley's got it. Like, some of his movies aren't that great, but that one sounds good. Taste of Evil was really good, and it's, it's only like Pe- 70 fuck, minutes. It stars Peter Graves. Is he, is that good? Um, he's like one of the old hosts of uh, A&E's biography. Wait, 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 wait. Who is he in Men in Black 2? Peter Graves? Yeah. I don't know. And who is he in Adam's Family Values? He's an old man. I, I think he's like on like TV. And who was he in Night of the Hunter? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Quit asking me these questions. Why and who you... was he uh, in Scream of the Wolf? That sounds cool. <laughs> hey, we, we've seen It Conquered the World. We have seen that one. And I've seen Wichita. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's this Dan Curtis guy? Burnt Offerings, Trilogy yeah, of Terror. Come on. <laughs> I haven't seen any of his movies. Are you, are you fucked? Is Jack Palance? Is Dracula? What's going on here? What? You don't. RJ. <laughs> what? How, how can you be doing this ghoul schooling and you don't know who Dan Curtis is? I don't know. I, I never watched Dark Shadows. I was like, I wasn't even born for like 20 years. You watched The Night Strangler, right? I did. Yeah. But not the one that he made, a different Night Strangler. It's all the same kit and caboodle. Jack Pounce, Dracula, Trilogy of Terror, Burnt well, Offerings, see, all these things you just said. I see what looks to be an alien film. Nor, uh, Norless Tapes is good. I'll, uh, I'm going to add intruders to my list for next year because it looks like an alien flick. Yeah, it looks like some aliens are going down. Yep. Big time aliens, boys. Big time. <sighs> And there's the invasion of Carol Enders. What's that about? Television thriller about a woman is possessed after a, a, after a brutal attack. A what murder kind? victim returns from the dead to stalk her own killer. That's cool. What? That's Dan what Curtis. A stri- oh yeah, it's Dan Curtis with co-director and movie of a movie I just watched. Uh, Bert Brinkerhoff, who who uh, worked on do- mm. dogs. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a real person, but whatever. Yeah, well, he doesn't look like a real person either. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, none of these people look real, so. That's fine. What are you going to oh, do? Well, that's it for emails. Thanks sure for, it is. Thanks, you, thanks, everybody. Yes. Thank you. Hey, RJ, what Yo. you, what you been creeping on? Oh, Nothing. You, you haven't watched any Deep Space Nine? Nope. That's it's too, a sad day. That's too bad. Um, sad, sad day. Any any further comments on how your uh, Creeptober's going movie-wise? Uh, you, I you, mean, are you on, you're on a hold back till next week. I'll hold back. Um, I'm off to a okay start. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll just mention that I watched a movie that isn't actually a horror movie that oh, yeah. I went into with the idea that it might be, maybe was, but this happens every year. Uh, that was The, okay. the Goat Horn. From 1972. This is a Bulgarian film. Bulgarian? Bulgarian. What happens over there? Well, this is a period piece. And uh, have you ever seen The Virgin Spring, directed by Ingmar Bergman? No. Have you ever seen Last House on the Left by Wes Craven? America's Ingmar Bergman? No. Have you ever seen Last House on the Left, the remake, directed by some guy? I saw the trailer for it in a movie once. Okay. Well, RJ, uh-huh. the, the Goat Horn. 
is okay. a apparently much loved. It's on YouTube, folks. If you want to check out this goat horn, and there's two. Mm-hmm. There's like one from like the '90s, and it's just like a total remake. Also, I think Bulgarian. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this this guy and his wife and uh, their child, they're they're like living in paradise, you know, as goat farmers. Mm-hmm. There's like pretty well no dialogue at all for the first twenty minutes of the movie. He goes okay. off. He goes off the town to go sell the goats, and okay. while he's gone, some marauders come. And you know, do you know what marauders like to do, RJ? Pillage. And they didn't even uh, actually. They didn't even do any pillaging. They didn't do any pillaging. No, nope, they never. They, it seemed like their entire intention, RJ, was just to rape this woman. So they, they, she locks the door. She doesn't know anyone's out there, but she's a little spooked out. And these guys just hop the gate. They they hop over the walls, and you're like, oh shit. And then, um, yeah. Then what happens? Well, they they take their the child and just like hold her back while they uh, have their way. And then mm-hmm. in the process, they accidentally kill her by suffocating her sure. by accident. And then they're like, oh no. And then they're like, let's cheese it. And then they run out. What happens next? Well, uh, the the husband finds out and is distraught and decides, we will have our revenge, my child. His his child being a daughter. And so... Bronson style? I kind of. So they go off deeper into the woods. And, like, I guess they just, like, continue to live off the land. And then he tr- he raises his daughter to be a son and okay. trains her to fight so that one day that they can come back and kill the rapists, who all are, like, lords of, like, Bulgaria, I guess. Or, like, some sort of, like, like fief, fief lords, like, lowly, not even dukes, but, like, I don't know, something or other. Is uh, is that kind of like that game, The Last of Us? Is that what Last of Us is about? I don't know. Is I, it I, about thought that, a... I thought that was about mushrooms and, like, <laughs> body oh. horror. I don't know. It's it's about a father and daughter who kick ass, is what I heard. Oh, okay, well, this this beat it to it, I guess. And it's got a right. it's got a pretty nice poster that on Letterboxd. It almost mm-hmm. looks like it says the goat hom. <laughs> What's the goat hom? I I don't know. That that would be oh. probably pretty good too. Okay, but I think I'm the only person I know who's watched this on the on the Letterboxd universe. So not horror. It's not. I mean, but it's a. I, 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 I watched one of those this week too. Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, so I mean, I've seen people consider Virgin Spring a horror movie because it mm-hmm. essentially is like a, whatever rape, rape exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, like Last House on the Left definitely gets classified as a horror movie. And yeah. so this came out what the same year as Last House on the Left? Because Last House on the Left, what year is okay. that? So I don't know. Seventy eight. I don't even think it's that late. Last house left. Let's find out once and for all. 72. Same year. 72. Mm. You couldn't have two movies further apart because Last House on the Left is a piece of American trash. And Mm -hmm. this is uh, this goat horn. This is like Bulgaria's finest. Like it's like a real movie. It's very, very widescreen. A lot of uh, pastoral shots. it's, um, It's only an hour and a half. But it okay. feels long. Like there's like there's pretty well nothing that happens in the movie other than mm-hmm. um, daughter grows up and you know is slumping around like a dude. Uh, you, the, the usual types of things happen where 
you know, she starts liking a guy. And, of course, Dad doesn't approve. Um, what do you mean by like? Like. Like a lot. Yeah, like, what do you mean by that? They bang. They eventually bang. But it's one okay. of those things where it's like, hey, we, hey, let's go, let's go have a bath in this waterfall, my, my dude. And my dude's like, no, no, I'm good. She's like, no, come on, come on. And then, you know, oh, I'm gonna have a shower in my with my clothes on. He's like, what are you doing? Tears off my shirt, and then a big boob falls right out. And suddenly it's like, oh, we better have sex now. <laughs> As you do. Are you describing a movie or uh, this? This is the movie, RJ. This is the movie that happens, and, there's, okay. and then there's like dispatching of dudes. So it's like kind of, I don't know. It's a. It feels like a classic revenge story, but classy. A classy revenge story. Yeah, very Slavic. You know. <sighs> Some people have described you as being very Slavic. Have they? I've heard of the, at I'm, least two people I'm, today say that about you. I'm, I'm touched. Yeah. yeah, it's just the way it is, I guess. I don't know. It's the way it is. So yeah, I mean, there's that. I don't know. I would. No, this isn't classified as horror on the thing, but I mean, and it doesn't. It feels like it could be like an, you know, a, a Charles Bronson Death Wish movie too. Well, a lot, of, a lot of movies it... like this get made, and they don't have that trapping to it, and they wouldn't be called that. But so yeah, I don't think this. This is this was like one of those like ah, this isn't horror enough. There's no evil goat giving them powers curses nothing uh evil ghosts watch watch that incubus with william shatner instead that's what i'm saying what about uh dragging me to hell that's got a goat in it well that movie's not so great is it no not very much some people love it though it's kind of like inland empire i've seen that yeah I, i don't really understand that i i didn't think that movie was very nice no and uh today's viewing also on youtube playing with dolls <laughs> um because this is part the first part of a four movie series that's going on right now mm-hmm. the only reason i even checked this one out is because the fourth movie stars what's his name robert bronzy robert bronzy are you familiar with this guy it sounds kind of familiar but i don't know why i think it's yeah, Robert Bronzy, B R O N Z I. Take a look. Take a look. This movie is called Cry Havoc, from uh, okay. director Rene Perez. Okay. And, and you, you'll you'll figure out real quick who Robert Bronzy is, and I've because I've talked about him on the show before, I believe. Oh, is this that guy? <laughs> that that huge guy? No. Okay, wait. I'm on. Um, I'm on Cry Havoc. Wait a minute. Is this Cry Havoc from 1943? 2020. Okay. Uh, 2020, Cry yep. Havoc. Yep. Robert Bronzy. Oh. <laughs> Hungarian Charles Bronson. That's right. Most known for his remarkable likeness to legendary actor Charles Bronson. Bronzy is a world-traveled actor and a professional horseman with a love for the Wild West and classic American film. He's a carpenter, a horse trainer, a musician, and former military service member, Jarrett. Well, you, you know, that? now that, I mean, since Bronson's no longer with us, but and we still need to tell the tale of Maxim Gorky, maybe uh, Robert Bronzy's uh, game. Uh, to play Gorky? Yeah. 
Yeah, Bronzy could do it. Bronzy could definitely do it. He, I mean, he does. He does kind of. He he doesn't look like Bronson. Yeah, he sure <laughs> does. Look, no, his his entire gimmick, de- death kiss, from hell Ooh. to the wild west. Once, once upon a time in Deadwood. So wait, did and, you and, watch one of these movies? Well, so these are all directed by Rene Perez. Okay. I watched the first installment of the Havoc movies. Okay. Uh, which was it's it's the last movie I watched, which here has a poster called Metal Face, but it's actually part of a series called Playing with Dolls. I see it. It looks horrible. Oh, you don't you don't even know. You don't know, RJ. I'll talk, but that's what I'm. Uh, I'm at the point where I have to decide if I'm going to like watch parts two and three so i can watch four so i get actually get to watch my first robert bronzy why don't you just watch one of the other bronzies like cry havoc or from hell to wild west just watch it on its own you you know i don't work that way well maybe you got to change the way you are there's something wrong with me as a person yeah change the way you are and maybe it's because of uh playing with dolls havoc that i now have a tubi account it's hard to say Interesting. Well, I I mean I've been having a lot of success with Tubi. It's been out of uh the the free easy to use things, it's been the best so far. You know? Yeah. You know? I I know. I know. Interesting. Well goddamn. RJ. Yeah. You you got any news? All movies are canceled and I don't care at all. A lot of people are upset that all movies got pushed back to 2022. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I have the, no the, desire. Theater to go chains to are going to collapse. Yeah. I saw that uh, that new Jurassic Park got closed down again from filming for COVID. And it's like, what'd you expect? So I don't care about any of that. But yeah. I did see a preview came out for Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. Have you? I haven't, you, you hear I have, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I didn't watch the trailer. I just read the description. It sounds like he gets hired to assassinate Santa. Looks good. Sounds good. Huh. And it's got Walt Goggins. What else do you need? Exactly. Uh, sounds my, good to me. My news is that uh, Axiom Jackson Maximus oh, yes. privately messaged us on Instagram to say mm-hmm. that apparently in episode 197, 24 minutes into the preamble... Jarrett predicted that Robert Pattinson would get COVID, halting the production of The Batman. And why is that relevant to us? Because that's exactly what happened. Oh, did it? Yep. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just kidding. I remember that. Yes, it did. Uh, I saw I saw something pretty funny where there's a, there a tweet and someone's like, I really doubt that. Uh, uh, old uh, Trump could get over COVID faster than the guy playing Batman. <laughs> and it's like, wow. yeah, I agree. Robert Pattinson seems like he's in decent shape, right? Yeah, there's a lot of like really uh, like physically healthy people who have gotten sicker. But, yeah. you know, they're not being pumped full of uh, stem cell experiments. Oh, which is, that- yeah, apparently uh, Regeneron apparently is coming. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a company that apparently Trump once had shares in. And um, 
But apparently it does research in stem cells, which is fine. I have no fucking problems with stem cells, but I'm pretty sure his evangelical Christian base are against its development and research. So one would say problematic to say the least problem attic. Well, that's interesting. And, uh, what are we even talking about? I don't know. Hey, there's, there's a, there's a debate going on, but Ah, I don't have to exactly go watch DS nine instead. Jared. Exactly. People really do care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, in the news, I'm, I'm right. Mm-hmm. As sometimes I am, I get, I get it. I get it wrong. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Usually. Usually. Hey, and then you know what? It's only been an hour and a half, and uh, I think we're ready to talk about the movie. Oh, my God. Let's get into I, it. I, what are people going to do with that like hour of their life they're going to get back? Realize that this is meaningless. And a sham. Yep. No. After the break, mm-hmm. we're going to go introduce, uh, a, I don't know, a chorus of girls that can't sing very well, but get, get paid doing it. Who? We've talked about it in letters, and we've talked about it on the phone, but how you really feel about it. I don't really know. London Evening Standard. So says London's Daily Herald. And so says the Daily Mail. Motion picture critics around the world acclaim America's newest film triumph. Listen to the London Times. Few films in recent years have received more critical acclaim, and Shadows deserves it. Again and again, the raves repeat their acclamations. Please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. I want to go home. And the Daily Mirror describes Lelia Goldoni's performance as blazingly brilliant. And the Daily Express says this, the most truthful love scene you have ever seen. Shadows, directed by John Cassavetes, breaks all the barriers of conventional filmmaking. Actually filmed in New York City, Shadows now returns to be hailed by American critics. Esquire's movie critic Dwight McDonald notes the critical acclaim it has received and says, For this is a real story of real people living in the shadows of the neon crazy streets of Manhattan. And more cheers from the press. Humor and a wonderful sense of realism pervade the picture. Fire! I don't want you around hurting my sister. 
Don't you hurt anything of mine. Now go. Just get out. Here are scenes in which you not only feel you're an eavesdropper, but an intruder. But you remember you told me Leo Lerman in Mademoiselle says, in John Cassavetti's shadows, the quality of heart is so apparent that audiences come away feeling that they have participated actively in the life it presents. And in Vogue, Aileen Talmy says, people will be talking about shadows. A tremendous splash. And Harper's Bazaar says this about shadows. What happens is often moving, sometimes frightening, often very funny, and always exciting. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we begin our adventure into five films. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cassavetes, a box set that we've both had for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I opened mine up for the very first time just the other night to start watching these. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I've actually had seen about half. I've seen half of these movies before. Okay. But nonetheless, first up, part one of three, I guess we're going to be doing over the next little bit. I don't know. I don't know. We, it's It's October. Uh-huh. We got Shadows from 1958. Yeah. Okay. The tagline for this film, RJ. A film not to be missed. Is, is, is that it? <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's to the point. Okay. A synopsis from Letterboxd. Sure. John Cassavetes' directorial debut revolves around a romance in New York City between Lilia a light-skinned black woman, and Tony, Mm -hmm. a white man. The relationship is put in jeopardy when Tony meets Lalia's darker-skinned jazz singer brother, Hugh, and discovers that her racial heritage is not what he thought it was. Shot on location in Manhattan with a a mostly non-professional cast and crew, Shadows is a penetrating work that is widely considered the forerunner of the American independent film movement. Wow. Is it? Um, of a certain caliber movie, maybe. I mean, I guess if you ignore whatever it is that Corman was doing with his, with uh, his boys, a- a- AIP and stuff like that. I mean, those are essentially independent films, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. Where I don't know a whole lot about Roger Corman and his filmography. Is there any way anywhere you could direct me where maybe they you to get a play by play on the history of that or anything like that? Do you know anything like that? Well, that must be the the prions eating your brain because you were on a mm. podcast once where we talked about Roger Corman and his entire filmography in Cor- for Cormay of twenty twenty. It's okay, RJ. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell me more about. Uh, Shadows. Shadows. So Shadows. Shadows is a movie that I had seen once before back in like 2008 Mm -hmm. 
with a friend of mine, Trevor. Uh, we actually went through this Trevor. weird, yeah, Trevor. What is this Trevor, dude? You've never mentioned him before. <laughs> he's, he's a real person. I doubt it, but okay, continue. It's Trevor and I. He was into film. I was into film. And uh, uh-huh. one night after like probably going to the bar, we're like, hey, you know what? Let's watch some Cassavetes. We'll sit around your laptop and smoke some cigarettes and have some drinks and watch Cassavetes mm-hmm. in your like one-bedroom apartment. And that's what we did. And over the course of like a few weeks of like doing the same kind of ritual, we were like experiencing Cassavetes maybe the way it should be best experienced. I don't know. And we watched Shadows, Faces, and Killing of a Chinese Bookie. So during your your watch, did like a fedora materialize on your head while you were watching in this apartment? It did that... not, no. And like a katana materialized in your hands over the fedora and you kind of like just kind of waved it around and stuff. Did that happen at all? In a trench coat while wearing a t-shirt? Eating some Doritos and drinking some Mountain Dew? Did any of those things happen? None of those things happened with fingerless gloves, like a biker glove. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm a little confused, but I'll let you finish. Continue. So. So I watched this Shadows, and that sure was this was the beginning of my introduction to John Cassavetes. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, what's this movie all about? It's a uh, it's kind of a movie about nothing, like Seinfeld, like Seinfeld in New York of all places. What's the uh, musical uh, stylings of this movie? The musical stylings, yeah. Is it jazz? What is jazz kind of like? It's like jazz, RJ. Kind of like a hit TV show from the 90s? <laughs> With like some strumming. You know, I didn't even like, the music never really jumped out at me that much in this movie. I think it's uh, Charlie Mingus, actually. But it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got some deep pulls into the jazz community. It's not just uh, not just Seinfeld. Seinfeld, Seinfeld-esque. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Old Mingus, but uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> old Mingus? That's a good name, hey? Yeah. Isn't that your nickname in high school? <laughs> Minji. Old Minji? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what were you talking about? I was talking about, about, about... So, like, this plot. So, I mean, we read these... Sure. The, we read the synopsis of this Shadows. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it kind of cuts right to it. But you're like, this... Like, the first half of this movie has nothing to do with this. No. Um, so, yeah, because they don't even mention her goddamn brother in this entire no, description. No, it... Just brought up kind of not even matter of fact. Like it's just kind of brought up as if you should know. Yeah. At some point. How are you not in the know, yo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Charles Mingus. Oh, so I was right. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Whoa. What? That was a hell of a sound that you just emitted. So, we got, so I mean, I'd say that like, I mean, the. the you have three main characters, the siblings sure. that were not even told are siblings. No, you until just kinda... about halfway through, you kind of know yep. that they're like friends and they have the same friend circles. Other than you do know that Hugh and Ben are siblings, but I don't yep. know if it's like explicit that like Ben and Lilia are brother and sister. It it talks about the two dudes being brothers, and then at one point they mention one of them mentions that she is the sister, but it's it's very. Uh, like um like it's kind of like it's like in the side it's not like the center of uh of focus it's kind of just mentioned off on the side it's like yeah it's my sister and what's interesting too is that they don't they never talk about their parents 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of love that it, this is like presented in such a natural way. Because this is kind of like, oh yeah, siblings aren't saying, hey, Lilia, you're my sister. Because we're in a bad fucking movie and we have to explain everything out loud for the audience as they turn to look at you through the screen. You know, we may have been stepbrothers that were brought together by fate, and we may have entangled with that those uh, those witches that one night. But you know, you I'm still I still won't forgive you for stealing my girlfriend, Loxana, Loxana Troy, and uh, I'm gonna go hang out in a bucket for a while. That kind of uh, exposition. Yeah, that kind of exposition that we've right. all grown to love and expect from our entertainments, yes, and of cinematic experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Ben is kind. Of, I, I feel like Ben is the Cassavetes stand-in, and I feel that one of the uh, things yeah. that we're going to experience, I think, is like Cassavetes kind of cast guys that are his proxies, because I feel like yeah. uh, main dude in uh, Faces is kind of like old Cassavetes. Oh, uh, the old dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not. Uh... What's his name from uh, the crew and uh, the Wes Anderson films? No, yeah, not not Seymour Cassell. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe that's a young Cassavetes. No, I he, consider that. No, he's not. All right. Um. So yeah, Ben, ben hangs out with his his pals, and uh, yeah. I couldn't be but help but re- be reminded of the recent Fellini movie that we watched which someone just recently corrected my pronunciation of. Uh, e. V. Teloni. I will tell you yeah. That movie? Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. do you, though? Do you actually remember it? I will tell you Yeah, it's got like 48-year-old men pretending yeah. that they're 13, and they're like, well, oh, they're, I want to they're, they're like 20-year-olds, I guess. But <laughs> They're like and, 49. And, and it's distracting. And so th- this movie kind of covers the same ground, but it's convincing. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think it's like – it doesn't really play off that they're too young. They're just kind of like – they're youngish and out on their own. It's the vibe I got from it. In Shadows? In f- Shadows, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, had to, I had to double check. I was like, is that the – yeah, Shadows. Right. Yeah. So I'm agreeing with you. Okay. Uh, there's also like from a flavor standpoint, like what this movie tastes like, I guess – if you want to talk about what movies taste like. What do you mean taste? Like, like Godard. Okay. It has that like Band of Outsiders kind of vibe. Because uh, like, yeah. it's, it's like young people, the way that they live life now in 1959, not in this sort of modulated, moderated cinematic way that when we watch movies, it's always like, it doesn't seem very convincing. Shadows, it feels like, oh, this is like the life of someone living in New York in 1959. Um, it feels like the, the expression in my mind came of uh, this is an American picture for Americans. <laughs> this is a real voice. Are there any other movies that you would describe as such? Like d- an d- American d- d- made d- for d- Americans? D- d- during the Beat Generation. <laughs> oh. Oh. They they they, oh. they they do kind of like shit on the beat generation here though too. I actually I did kind of notice that, um, but I think there was one where it was like it almost seemed like it was directly making fun of someone, but I can't remember who. Maybe it was Ginsburg. Nobody cares about that guy, right? <laughs> the Gins. 
the Gins. Everyone, everyone's all Jack London. It's like, ooh, that's that's the right era, right? Those are the right people. Jack London. Oh no! Wait, Car- what's his Car- face? Kerouac. Kerouac. <laughs> yeah, Jack London was like a hundred years before, right? I, when he yeah, when he ran into there. Data in the Wild West. Yeah, you, I, I'm piecing it all together. Yeah, you're you're bringing your A game. Yeah, he he was dead by 1916. <laughs> Well, I mean, if only the rest of us could be so lucky. So, um, yeah, yeah, Ben and his buddies, they're like out on the night prowling around looking for mm-hmm. looking for ladies. They'll take any any group of women sitting at a table, their their game. Duncan and approach. Uh, uh yeah, the Duncan approach. And uh it's just like this depiction of like, I don't know, dudes hanging out it is it is the coming of age story that we're always told we're getting in some of these movies like and we don't get so this is a far more convincing version of that in fact uh this movie is probably i'm not exactly sure if uh cassavetes how influenced or if he was looking toward what uh the french new wave was doing right at the exact same time but it seems like cassavetes was right there beside them ready to kind of think about movies in a very different way. But unlike in France, in America, he doesn't make another movie for 10 years. Who, Cassavetes? Yeah. When was his, uh, what about Too Late Blues? Well, he's like making, he's, he's like acting and stuff. Oh, okay. No. What about, um, Minnie and Muskowitz? That's 70s. That's 71. All right. I'm yeah, well, I guess there, there is a movie that. So he's got like two things here that like we just, they skip right over. There's two late blues, and then yeah, yeah a child is waiting, uh, but no one talks about those. You think they're bad? They're actually, actually, I don't even know too much about this. Two late blues. Two late blues is a 1961 black and white American film directed by John Cassavetes. There's some actors. Story of a jazz musician ghost. Oh, this is Wakefield. his. This was his Hollywood movie. And his relationship with both his fellow band members and his love interest. Yeah, so I can see why they left this out. It's major Hollywood studio paramount. The conflicts in the film parallel Cassavetes' own difficulties adapting to the studio system embodied by the... See? They maybe yep. they, they, didn't want, they didn't want to play ball. They didn't want to let him do what he wanted to do, making these like kind of intense personal dramas. And then, oh... Bert a child Lan- is waiting. Bert, yeah. Lan- Bert Lancaster... Burt Lancaster portrays the director of a state institution for mentally handicapped and emotionally disturbed children, and Judy Garland is a new teacher who challenges his methods? Question mark? Juilliard graduate? Juilliard? That sounds pretty good, actually. This is a Stanley Kramer production. I I see some, some kind of mention of the judgment at Nuremberg later on in the description, so I don't know what that's about, but... I don't know. That sounds like it. Cassavetes disowned the film. Oh, ah, yeah. So he 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 shows up with shadows. He makes a couple things. He's a busy boy, and then it's not until his faces shows up, Mm -hmm. and he has to do what he wants to do. I guess. I guess there's like there's like there's a whole history with these movies that like the ones that he debuts, he he, like they're like a mess, and then he like reworks them, and the movies Mm -hmm. seem to be like in flux as far as like not being finished which is like such a strange way of making movies now it seems like 
nowadays everything seems to be like that's just what you get. And then unless they make big productions of it being this is a director's cut, and we're going to give both of those to you on a version. Whereas Cassavetes is like, I'm going to burn the old one. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to throw it out. No one mm-hmm. should watch this one anymore. Uh, what what it which method do you prefer? Man, I don't know. The the collector completionist in me wants, I guess, every version of it available. You gotta get that get that work print, get it all out there. But I don't know. It's just detritus. If like it's the person making it doesn't want it out there, they can take it away. But you know, by that measure, yeah, that would be uh, George Lucas's mode of operandi there, where he just wants to like take the good movie away that was like loved for twenty years, and he's like, "Oh no, that's not how I would have made it at all," which is ridiculous. Like that's an mm-hmm. extreme form of that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly content with this version of Shadows. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, so Ben is like the again, he's main character one, and then I'd say Lily Lilia is the main character number two. Hugh is definitely the he's kind of the supporting character. You don't get as much emphasis on him, even though he's got probably the most like classic kind of uh story te- storyline of like you know, he's hit a plateau as far as like he really likes a particular style of singing that is no longer in vogue. He, he can sing, but now he's like relegated to just like taking work that his uh, manager, uh, Rup, Rupert, can get him. Go, going town to town, taking the bus, just doing an introduction for girls to come and do bad singing and dancing to. That's his lot in life right now at this point. Uh, kind of like that Roger Corman film. Yeah, one of them. Was it rock and roll all night? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Kind of like that. Sure. So. Ben, he's just like, you know, he's a very tense man. There's there's a lot going on. They don't really linger on it too, too much. There's a little mm. bit of self-destruction, walking around, bumming money from his brother, bumming money from other people to pay off other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, he's just, he, he, he plays trumpet. Does he? I think there's a talk of him being a trumpet player. But um, but but is that a is that a work? Do we actually see that really in action? I think one guy holds it up to another guy at one point. No, if that makes sense, like he, one guy holds it in front of another guy's face. Mm-hmm. I believe that happens at some point in this film. But yeah, so he is like he he's a jazz trumpeter, but he just does nothing but picks up girls and hangs out with his buddies Dennis and Tom. Yeah. Um, so you get like his kind of story that's happening. You have Hugh again, like has like kind of like the more the Hollywood story, I guess, of a guy who's struggling to get by, also supporting his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Lilia girl, uh, the mm-hmm. sister, she's hanging out with her brother's friends, dealing with their bullshit. And uh, eventually, like, there's like this like older guy that she's hanging out with. Doesn't seem really all that interested in. They go to a party. We're interest, uh, inter, introduced to this Tony guy who starts hitting on this uh, stripper, I guess, mm-hmm. who finds he finds out she's pregnant and he's like, oh, shit, walks, gets out of that situation. And, gets, and then kind of uh, zeroes in on Lilia, snatches her up from the other older guy, and they bang. And uh, that that's awkward. <laughs> 
And, and it was awkward just hearing you describe mm-hmm. it. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't, so I, I prefer not to have that ever again. Oh, it won't be the last time on this podcast. Like tonight or in general? <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. So t- Tony and her, they're, they're, you know, hitting it off marvelously. And then mm-hmm. one day he's over at her house and Hugh comes home and Tony realizes, oh, she's black. She just doesn't look black. And he has a, a real awkward moment. Real 1959 stuff in America. What kind of stuff is that? Racially charged racism. Is that kind of like uh, that uh, professor at the university in our hometown? Kind of the stuff he was doing? or Different, I think. Oh, okay. No. So he, this, the dude in the movie is probably not tenured, is he? What? I don't know. Never mind. Pardon? Oh, no, go on. What, what is this about now? Isn't that guy, wasn't that guy tenured and that's why they couldn't fire him and he was just, they put him in the basement at the university here? No. What? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, Tell me more about this. This movie Shadows, Shadows that we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So anyway, she, she takes this breakup real hard and uh-huh. Hugh, Hugh explains her away. And uh, it's like, dude, don't come back. Don't do this. So now she's sad and she meets another guy and Mm -hmm. she's deciding to take out all of her hatred toward men and this Tony guy on him, treating him Mm -hmm. like crap. And just, and it's kind of like jokes. It's, it's for laughs just to see how much he can take. But the guy's just getting more and more like obviously frustrated, but he's also Mm -hmm. a little old timey in his way like you know women shouldn't ask to dance women shouldn't be asking for this and why are you acting like this why are you acting so masculine does he say masculine explicitly i think so i might have missed it i I wasn't being like facetious i was actually asking yes he he does actually call her that and you're like oh which i mean 1959 is that uh a hot burn is that the line of inquiry to go down so anyway eventually he asks, like, I don't know who, what your problem is, because that t- Tony fella shows up just before they're about to go on their date. And he's like, I saw the way you're looking. And, of course, this, like, really makes her upset. And so she rests into his arms. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like, ends her story arc in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben's story arc kind of winds up with him and uh, Dennis and Tom hitting on some more ladies that already are taken by some other uh, New York, I don't know, galoots, bozos. And mm-hmm. then they have a, like, garage brawl <laughs> uh the three, the three of dudes, a sort yeah three dudes get beat up worked over all in good fun you know <laughs> and uh you know ben gets rocked um and we'll see what happens we don't know and uh hugh hugh just kind of starts conceding that this is his lot in life being the guy who introduces other people and it's just like it's just another tale of the city kind of thing. So that's like that's basically the movie. Like not a lot happens. It's more about the telling of it. Um, we're, we're going to hear the word cinema verte thrown around. I'm sure uh, when we watch a constant forge, which is like the uh, big making of documentary thing of like Cassavetti's career and his mm-hmm. process that we watch in part three of our uh, Cassavetti's deep dive. Okay. But uh, this like handheld, very rough looking kind of approach to making movies that's supposed to kind of give a vermissitude, a uh, immediacy to the proceedings of what we're watching, uh, depicting real people 
for uh, our real audiences who are like, you don't want to see these like, you know, smooth productions anymore. You want to see real things, which like inevitably did happen because I mean, you have like the whole like Easy Rider, Raging Bull era of the '70s Golden Age, where it became more and more realistic. Uh, not so maybe to this, not so much to this degree in mainstream cinema, but you start seeing like people really depict being depicted the way they are, living mm-hmm. in like real homes and whatnot. Um, so that all being said, I actually mm-hmm. I actually really like Shadows. I think mm-hmm. Shadows is actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been a while since I'd seen it, and actually for whatever reason, I remember like these people's faces uh really clearly as well as in faces there there's something about like the way that these movies are like kind of uh not fancily shot they're mm-hmm. it's, it's very like serviceable and cinematography and its presentation but it looks they, i don't know there's something about it that like has burnt into my brain way more than other movies that like i couldn't remember anything about but like as soon as i started watching this again i was like oh yeah this, yeah, like it all came back to me immediately, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Whenever I think of Cassavetes, I remember certain moments. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, uh, listener Jackson had asked if I had noticed the uh, the Cassavetes cameo, and he does show up in this when um, Lilia's kind of like out on her own and is told, "Hey, like you should call a cab, and like you shouldn't walk home. You can't walk the streets anymore." And mm-hmm. she's like, I'll be fine. And then she's out walking. And she stops by the one theater with like a Bardot movie on screen. And this creeper dude comes up to her and just starts like pawing at her, like saying, hey, like, let's go see this movie. And you can do something for me, essentially. And then uh, she's like, no, get away from me. Well, I, I, John Cassavetti steps in there. And it's like, what are you doing, pal? And just start giving the shoves. And you're like, ah, the hero, the director himself comes in. What keep- do you think he meant by do something? What do you mean? When he's like, you could do something for me. What do you think he meant? Well, he didn't say that. It's all silently expressed. What do you think he implied, though? Well, there's an implication. It's an implication, RJ. It's like being on a boat. It's a boat? What? What is the implication about being on a boat? I, I'm unfamiliar with that one. You have to look up your It's Always Sunny Philadelphia YouTube videos and get oh, get caught up. I see. I see. That's fair, I think. Uh I'm not going to argue with you on that one. So mm-hmm. that's that's good. All well and good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a um, I'm a I'm a I'm a Shadows fan. Uh in film and in real life. You like Shadows in real life too, don't you? They're they they have their place. Sometimes it's nice to step into the shadows on a hot day. Okay. What about like on a dark night? No. Watch out for those. That's where vampires okay. and werewolves lurk. Okay. Okay. And, and thieves Interesting. Tell me about what you think of John Cassavetti in general, or should we save that to the end? Like, well, actually, you told me about your intro to Cassavetti. Yeah, so. like he's just this guy. So like, I don't know who. Like, at that point in time, I knew he was an actor who showed up in movies like Dirty Dozen, mm-hmm. and he seemed to be kind of like and Rosemary's Baby he seemed mm-hmm. to be kind of like a. I don't know how much of his characters are in himself. Um, yeah. there is the La Tigra song about John Cassavetes, uh, mm-hmm. that call him a misogynist. <laughs> and so the, the, that was about the only thing I probably, I can remember now that I remember going into watching Cassavetes and that fact that like, uh, he was a name enough to be blessed with a, like super big box set from Criterion back in the, at that point in time where there wasn't a lot of dr- directors who were getting that. Mm-hmm. And he's American. 
I know. He's a, he's like a piece of apple pie, baby. And it's like, why am I, why are why am I not being taught Cassavetes in other places? Seems like he's like at that time, and even now, I don't know how in favor he is. It seems like there are movies of his, like Woman Under Influence. Seems like people are really high on mm-hmm. um, love streams, but that's all Criterion's doing. Yeah, I, I mean they're they're I mean they've kind of positioned him or repositioned him. I feel even though like he completely belongs to like the like kind of new Hollywood scene, but. Yeah. Again, like he shows up in um, Fury, the Incubus, Fury, and Incubus. Fury. Yeah, he, he's yeah. Just, he's like always in these like uh, genre movies. He didn't give a shit. Well, those are or, all or, infamous. But, maybe, but like... maybe he did. But then he makes his own movies, and they're like completely different than uh, the, the, some of the stuff he was doing. So I think that also adds to him as a character. But I, I don't know. I don't know what I. I don't know much about Cassavetes at this point. Okay. Other than what they, I'm watching in his movies, and it seems like he has a pretty strong authorial authorial voice in his yeah. in the in these two movies at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I was just curious to see uh, see what you'd say, um, and like I think like his his appearance in those other movies, it was always like to fund his own movies. Yeah. And that's like that those stories, and then that infamous story about him like mortgaging his house. I think for either a woman under the influence or love streams. I can't remember which one doesn't really matter right. but uh he, he put he put all of that he had into his stuff so i uh, i remember a couple months ago i think i was referring to him as paul cassavetes uh <laughs> once or twice uh which is a mistake i suppose uh Did, but... do you remember uh remember when he showed up in the killers when we talked about I it i do remember when he showed up in the killers yeah i've actually seen uh a lot of cassavetes movies and doesn't he have a daughter who is in a, a filmmaker as well I believe um, you can look at that if you want. Um, anyways, that is a Zoe Cassavetes. Yeah. Is Zoe Cassavetes real? Uh, I thought it was. His she, daughter, she directed a film called Broken English. Huh. And it's any good? Day out of days. Okay. And I'm, I'm, he's got some other kids. Alexandra, uh, actress and director. See, she directed all... "Kiss of the Damned" from 2012. New York, I love you. She's a writer on that, and then oh. Z Channel, a magnificent obsession. All sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Paul, yeah, I'm gonna call him Paul for a while. Uh, I think he's as as American as apple pie, like you said. Because uh, he even looks like he looks like an American kind of movie star. Like he's not the most like pretty actor but he's definitely got like handsome rug ruggish appeal you know he's always got a cigarette he looks like he could take on a, a guy or two he could fight some people but he could still take you to dinner you know what i mean i suppose i don't know if i'd be agreeing oh uh and his other well his son is mm-hmm. nick nick cassavetes directed uh she's so lovely starring sean penn and john travolta and robin wright penn as well as Damn. John Q and oh. and the notebook. Damn. Well see that's a whole different brand that he really kind of veered. And off, let us eh? not forget Alpha Dog. I remember Alpha Dog. I saw John Q in theater when I was like eleven years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really sad when I was eleven. I said, Why can't they give that kid a heart? <sighs> sad. Uh anyways, um, I know Cassavetes pretty well. Uh, I know more about him, I think, than I, I have seen his movies in general. Because uh, my old boss used to be really into Cassavetes. Okay. Uh, and then 
So uh, when I was doing my masters, he, uh, we, me, him, and uh, another guy that we worked with all together, we would watch movies sometimes. And uh, he was a big Cassavetti's boy, uh, so he kind of like I brushed that off on us. I remember you talking about this. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, this is a rare occurrence on this podcast, Jared, where I actually know. Not Paul, but John Cassavetes. Not personally, but uh, I actually know about these movies we're getting into. I own the box set. I, I own some of his other movies. Uh, so this is a, a rare treat, Jarrett. Uh, and I got to say, I like Shadows as well. And uh, I'm going to play my ha- my cards a little early here, but uh, I am what you would call maybe a Cassavetes-min? Oh, yeah. Is that how you would say that? A Cassavite? A Cassavite? I'm a Cassavite, a big uh, Paul Cassavetti's boy. Cassavivian? Cassavitian? Perhaps. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit more later, but uh, I like Cassavetti's. I think his style is really cool. And I also, like, these are the movies that I think do deserve to be in Criterion a lot more than, like, two-thirds of the stuff we watch. Sometimes I'm like, oh, what is this? Uh, these movies, I actually do yeah. understand. I mean, why, why they're here? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I th- I like these movies more than I like those Godards. Like for like I, for, I for, for that for the style. I mean, there's yeah. like when Godard when Godard gets into color. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of the Lassie Le Vivoy, uh however that said, that movie's amazing. Sure, but other than that, like Band of Outsiders, um, I I think this is way better. I uh, like, I do. It's not. It's not as cute as the Godard, I guess. Sure. But uh, I, I don't know. I, to me, I'm like I get far more out of it, and yep. it's stripped downness. I think these movies are uh, more real too. Um, not just because of that verte uh, vibe that they have, where like a lot of it was improv and stuff. But right. I actually think he handles like uh, the material of the movie itself. I think is pretty well handled. Like. For the time it came out, I think it's like I don't think he gets enough credit for having a a main cast that was primarily like black actors as the focus of his movie. And like I know that like the movie is about race relations and things like that, but like I don't know, I couldn't tell you too many other movies from the 50s where it's like the leads are all uh black actors and it's like that's like I think I don't think it gets as enough recognition as a uh, like I didn't real realize that going into it. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense, or is that weird? Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I do. Th- I yeah. think there'll be. I think there'll be movies that have. I'm just actually. I'm, I'm sure I'm, there's others. I just mean yeah. like, because like I, that's an issue, even today, where it's like whitewashing of uh like movies and things like wow. that scarlett johansson's playing everything from to here to tuesday but in the 50s cassavetes was like i'm gonna he's like he's like well these peop- yeah unless you're you know? uh sydney poitier but usually he's, uh, gonna, he's he's gonna be tossed into these movies where it's like oh he he's the one in these yeah. movies right like he's in blackboard jungle or something like that but it's like yeah he's like the one black guy and it's like is he going to be accused of raping a white woman like that's kind of like that's like the shit thing about this like period. It's like, well, there's roles, there's roles for black yeah. guys in. It's like, oh, he'll be like, he'll be a good one, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> it's, like, ex- it's like rather than like, hey, this is how they live their life, just like everybody else, <laughs> and uh, yeah, rather than like, oh, how how does the white how does the white person exist 
in, in, in the in the confines of this yeah. of this of this like how do we go about that making their lives better and it's like yeah extremely patronizing rather than like yeah. th- and this movie addresses that but in a way that you know frames it where you're like oh yeah no they're the main characters and yeah it's the the white people who are the richest like assholes i guess yeah and, but it's and all, that, like, they're not all assholes no, because there's like because no, there's like not. what uh, D- uh dick and tom his, his buddies yep. they don't give a fuck they're just hanging out Exactly, uh, but 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 there is the element of like he he passes, mm-hmm. right? And there and that is like a thing that I don't know how many movies in 1959 were addressing that necessarily either. But I mean, mm-hmm. you could do that in an American independent movie. But yep. Hollywood, I mean, people still like lose their shit over in the heat of the night, which is like mm-hmm. 67, and uh, I mean, civil rights movement is uh, coming on up uh, really quickly. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, obviously there was things going on this entire time. I'm not sure what the uh, uh, theatrical circuit would have been like for a movie like Shadows. Like if it was going to be playing in the South, I don't think that uh, it'd be a big draw down there. But, but being about New York City <laughs> and about like, oh, a white man <laughs> is dating a black woman. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Exactly. And even the jazz, you know. Not uh, racially, but, you know, some people don't like jazz. So uh, I think it's got that in there, too. But what I'm just kidding. But what uh, what you said is it, that's actually what I meant, where it's like there was a lot of movies at the time that also address like race issues. And I think it's an element of this movie. But I actually think that the main point of this movie, like once you get the majority of the way through, it's just about like this little family, the two brothers and the sister. And I was like, I actually... I really like that because it's just showing them as a family and the racial stuff is it's a present and part of their life because it is. But of course. I thought the movie was more about them. And uh, that's a, that, that was my main point where I was like, I think that's kind of neat that he was doing that in the fifties. And um, I, I just don't think uh, you hear about that as much as much as you should. I don't know. Well, I, I guess part of so, it too is like, yeah, it's, it's like that, kind of complicated thing now though because it's like well he was a white man telling the story yeah and, I, and so there's like that that element too and i mean we've talked about like on the flip side of this you know a few years after you have roger corman mm-hmm. <laughs> making the intruder yes. which is depicting things and it's a very very different movie mm-hmm. but i mean in some ways it addresses things better than some of the movies in the Criterion Collection, or it would fit totally in line with like Sam Fuller types of movies. And Mm -hmm. it's Roger Corman's best movie. Uh, Not for everybody (laughs) as far as like how, how strong the material gets and it's like exploitation roots, but it's pretty, Mm -hmm. it's pretty confrontational. Whereas I think with shadows, it is, it's confrontation is very like soft, like more sophisticated, I guess. Than the intruder mm-hmm. which is like very blunt and like hot off the presses where this is just like hey this is existence yep yeah this one's very much more uh, in mind with like hey man this is kind of how life is for some people and it's like sometimes it's very subtly thrown at you and then the intruders like you know sometimes you get hit by the car shadows is like it's like a bumper to bumper like oops gotcha uh but it's still a, like you know there and then intruder you get run over totally anyways uh i just thought i'd point that out because i i was like i think that's kind of neat and uh that's all i want to say about that but uh shadows in general 
uh, I also like. I like the jazz stuff. Uh, I think it is, I think for the most part, for a movie that's like in, almost entirely improv, uh, the actors do a pretty good job at keeping things together. And like, I know that he was like directing them around and putting them into certain spots. Uh, but I like the story. I think it's timely, timeless, I guess. Uh, and I do like, I think it's, I think it's executed pretty well. So I like shadows. I think it's pretty cool. I like John Cassavetes. I think he was doing neat stuff. I only had two notes. One was Rodney Dangerfield question mark. And I can't really remember why I put that, but I, I think someone was like, someone must've said they don't get no respect or something. I'm guessing. Uh, and then my other note was uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, because I think that the the lead guy, what is it, uh, Ben, one of the brothers, he looks like Chiwetel Ejiofor. And I was like, he could, if they ever remade this movie, I know who I would cast. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? So I guess, uh, so one thing, I was just kind of like doing a little bit of uh, internet browsing here. And so oh. one thing we were talking about, though, that I guess we could talk about, and there is like, because this movie isn't without stereotype because there no. is there is a stereotype and that's kind of the the ben character mm-hmm. uh and even like his sister uh but it's like where they're the tragic mulatto which is uh has a wikipedia page and this movie okay. is specifically named um so the tragic mulatto is a stereotypical fictional character that appeared in american literature during the 19th and 20th centuries starting in 1842 the tragic mulatto is an archetypical mixed race person, a mulatto, who is assumed to be mm. sad or even suicidal because they fail to completely fit into the white world or the black world. As such, the tragic mm. mulatto is depicted as the victim of the society and society divided by race, where there is no place for one who is neither completely black nor white. This trope was also used by abolitionists in order to create a mixed race but white-appearing slave that would serve as a tool to express sentimentality to white readers in an effort to paint slaves as, quote, more human, unquote. Hmm. I I didn't know that this this movie is credited for that term. Uh, well, it doesn't, it's not credited for it, but it falls under that oh, stereotype. Okay. Because, like, I think that gotcha. because of the, the two siblings that, like, you know, as I said, as I even said earlier, it's like they pass as white. And that's why Ben right. can, that's why Ben's hanging out with his friends. And perhaps that's why Ben seems so despondent. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, well, that's sort of part of the, the trope. And so, right. I mean, I don't I feel like it doesn't come off that way, but cause I mean, I think there is a, a universality in like self-destruction. <laughs> like this, oh, yeah. this is something that comes up in a lot of things, but is that, uh, is that his poison? Is that he doesn't fit? If that's the case, it doesn't lean one way or another into, uh, mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not preaching that it's not like there's someone on a soapbox saying that is what the, that is what the ailment of the age yeah. is. Like, it's just kind of like, this is what it is. Yeah. And like, I kind of, I mostly just took it as he just seemed like a real sad dude, but uh, I don't know if I had known that before I watched it, I, it probably would have stood out to me a little bit more. I would have went, Oh, I see. I see why people link that. But um, I just thought he was a real sad guy. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I guess drunks become drunks for some reason. And uh, this movie doesn't linger on it that much. Yeah, not as much as I linger on stuff, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Your own path like, of destruction. Yeah, uh, which you get to see 
uh, week by week. And it's, um, I mean, I hope you got a lot of stuff stored in there to remember me by. The candles that burn brightest burn fastest, Jared. Well, let's throw it to the other one word title. Okay. From a decade later. What are you going to sell us this time, Harry? Money. Actually, it's a very good film. We call it the uh, Dolce Vita of the commercial field. We were trying to capture several approaches. And we came up with an impressionistic document that shocks. Is that so? I don't think it's so much shocks as it's honest. It's honest, but it's a good piece in itself. So you see, we're a, a, a little nervous about hitting you with this. Oh, now they've got nothing to be nervous about. It's a shot in the dark, but it's strong and it's attractive. Yeah, it better be better than the last one, Harry. Hey, let's see it, J.P. I'd rather hear him talk about it. We'll again. talk about it later, J.P. All right, I don't roll it. Faces, 1968, by old John. No tagline, but we got a synopsis. Middle-aged, hmm, middle-aged, eh? Middle-aged suburban husband Richard abruptly tells his wife, Maria, that he wants a divorce. As Richard takes up with a younger woman, Maria enjoys a night on the town with her friends and meets a younger man. As the couple and those around them confront a seemingly futile search for what they've lost, Love, excitement, passion. This classic American independent film explores themes of aging and alienation. Middle age, huh? Middle aged. That that Richard is a craggy old middle aged. He's that dude's definitely like sixty three. No, I I thought of looking this up and I uh, hadn't. So I'm gonna do that right now. RJ, had you yeah. seen? Had you have so? I, I can't, I can't remember specifically what you said. Have you seen any of the Cassavetes movies before? Yes, just not these two. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. I've seen like uh, Kill, uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie and uh, I, th- I think Love Streams. That's not in this box set, but um, I've seen I've seen some Cassavetes stuff. Uh, these two were first time watches for me. So 
middle-aged John Marley <laughs> was <laughs> 61? Oh, yeah. I can see why you'd think that'd be middle-aged because, you know, the average lifespan is 122. Right. So, like, that makes total sense to yeah, me. He's halfway there. Um, yeah. Lynn Carlin, uh, she was born. She's still alive. She's okay. so, And she was 30. Mm. Maybe they mean his wife is mi- middle of his age. That would be accurate. Because, uh, like, what is, like, his buddy from college? Is it Freddie? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's so, Fred. So, Fred Draper. Mm-hmm. Uh he was born in 23. So he okay. so he's like 15 years younger than John uh and they talk about how they are like, "Oh, I remember those crazy things we did back in college." Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, the whole time I was like, "These guys like that, that looks like his professor." <laughs> so uh, a- uh Andy watched this with me and uh, as soon as they said it, it's like, "Yeah, we were in college together." And Andrew is like, "What? As like a professor and a student?" She said the exact same thing. She's like, "That dude's like twenty years older than the other guy." Well, Fifteen, so, not too bit, not too far off. She was she. That's a close guess, though. But that's you know? like, yeah, that's a. I mean, maybe that was that was more of a sixty-eight thing, where you, with the the sixty-year-old with the thirty-year-old. No, uh, let's let's just say yes and uh, and roll like, ahead and just and just move along. All right, yeah. so so this movie opens up with. Kind of this like cold open of mm-hmm. John at work, and it's like it doesn't f- give you any idea what's really going on. It's very feels very new age, like not new agey, um, French new wave, new wave. Yeah, like very much like acknowledging you are watching a film, mm-hmm. and because you are about to watch a film, but then it cuts away, and then you get the title via the film because John he works in insurance. He's being presented with a new ad campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, they name drop one of our favorite movies on this podcast, La Dolce Vita. I remember that drop, and uh, I almost dropped the movie. <laughs> if you know what I mean. No. He doesn't. I don't. But um, so anyway, it's like, oh, we made a new ad. It's like La Dolce Vita. And you're kind of like, oh. Because at some point, I was like, oh, what, what is it exactly that we're doing? Because you think almost that they're now cutting to his life as mm-hmm. – the ad of what he's going to watch. It's getting very meta, but it doesn't actually. It's not that type of affair. It basically just chimed leaps ahead to like him and Fred being drunken assholes um, at a, at a woman's house. We, the, what we came up with without looking into it was that she was an escort, not a prostitute as is uh, implied by Fred at one point, but uh, more like a fancy escort lady who will go on a date and, you know, maybe, maybe if you play your cards right a little bit more. That's yeah. how it seemed uh, in our turn. But maybe she was uh, the other, a, a sex worker. I don't know. Well, she, I think, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a, del- it's but a it delicate line. But it seemed like she was line. a fancy escort, right? Like a yeah, higher high, class one. High end. High end, yeah. And that's played by Gina Rollins. Yes, uh, so we just get kind of tossed into this, like, I don't know how long this is. Like 30 minutes? I uh yeah it's it's about thirty minutes but I just realized so you said that uh, what's John Cassavetti's son's name Nick Cassavetti's yep. he did the Notebook yep do you know who's in the Notebook Jarrett who R J Gina Rollins as the uh, old woman there you go yeah so uh, it's all 
making sense it's all, to me. It's now. all coming together. Okay. Anyways, uh, or yeah, that 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 hard open is about thirty minutes long of uh, drunk dudes uh, harassing poor Gina Rollins. Talking about singing about silver. Uh high ho silver. High ho, yeah, yeah. They're doing that on and on. It's just like, oh fuck, this is uh this is too real. This is too much verite in my cinema. Uh, yeah, I usually go did, did, I don't know, have, have you, like, I don't know, did you spend much time around drunk adults like, as a kid? Like, did you Other ever... than my day-to-day? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen some drunk adults. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awkward, right? It's kind of like... Yeah, they operate it, in a it, different it, it, Yeah, it can be pretty... I mean, I'm sure it's bad. It's always bad when you're a kid around drunk adults because they're acting like children, but they're bigger mm-hmm. and louder and weirder, and it's upsetting, the natural order of responsibility. Yeah. So you get exposed to that, and you get to live it, and you can't do anything about it because you're until you unless you turn off the movie, you're stuck. You're just stuck in it, mm-hmm. and yeah, because you, you have these emotional swings of like two good friends getting together, sh- going to be shown a good time with with this this special lady friend of uh, mm-hmm. of Richards, and then it takes like a, a nasty turn when one person's not going to get what they want, and then the the venom starts coming out talking about how you're just a lousy whore and you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's like, now you got to be talked down. It's like, I was just trying to be funny. He's like, it's a joke. Don't you get yeah, it? Yeah. It's a joke. It's a, it's a joke. <laughs> Nobody's ever like, called you a whore before Jarrett. And it's like, okay, I know it's just a joke. Let's get you out the, let's get you out the fucking door. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll continue having a good time. And then what happened, Jarrett? Um, Good times were had. <laughs> sure, sure they were. Yeah. So, yeah, Richard and Jeannie—that's the Gina Rollins character. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard feels a connection there, you know. Sure, he does. <laughs> he has a good time, and then eventually he returns. We discover to his home life with um, Maria, who is like. Oh, he, he's, they, yeah. They have an interesting relationship where it's it's half uh, amazing and it's nothing but laughs. They're joking around. They're having a great time, and then half like overly aggressive, passive aggressiveness, where it's just like it's like it gets dropped and it's like yeah yeah that would be great, and then it's like you stupid fucking idiot. And then and then it kind of like veers off, and then they yell at each other for a while. But then they make up, and then they yell at each other. It's a it's a fifty fifty, right, Jer? It's volatile. Yeah, it's volatile. Well, yeah, because it's all like yeah, smiles and sunshine. Hey, I've got dinner ready for you. You were late. Mm-hmm. You smell like a distillery, um, and he's loaded, old smelly old bastard. And then then the the, the passive aggressive comments start coming out, and mm-hmm. the, the simmering disdain for one another but it's like all part and parcel of the whole package and you know they've been probably married for a very long time uh i can't remember if they specifically say if they have kids or not uh there's mention of older kids especially by the other characters all talk about kids yeah well freddie's got kids because that's like where that whole line about like uh when uh maria's like i don't like that freddie i was talking to his wife and it sounds like he's having an affair and mm-hmm. he, they were talking about him eating pussy, RJ. Uh, See, I told you. I told you what happened. 
they don't use those words they say specifically. They, they, they say kiss says and he then, gives her a little kiss and when he's like oh where oh is he talking about and then what do we get we get richard frost giving the big v making that uh making that i'd like to <laughs> express how i can distance myself from the opinions of a co-host here and uh this is a hundred percent of character i play for the podcast i can't speak for him though we're all living a fiction well, yeah, life is meaningless, Jared. If well, that's what you mean. Well, no, I didn't say that. It's it's yeah, it's it's did. filled with metaphor and allegory and meaning, wherever we look. I don't totally know what you mean, so I'm going to ignore it. So, their their fight though escalates. Their mm-hmm. bickering escalates. It seemingly, mm-hmm. and then they like turn in to go to bed. Like everything's just fine, but it's not. There's it's a it's sexless. Uh, excuse me. No, there's there's none of that like gesture, tongue going on, and uh, the next Ooh. morning rolls around. Uh-huh. Maria's kind of getting ready, and uh, Richard kind of like storms in. I guess it's like not even the next morning. It's like later that night. Like they go yeah. to bed, they lay around, and then like she gets up to like clean up, and then he gets up and he gets he's now dressed, and he's like, I want a divorce. She's like, huh, okay. And he's like, whoa, what's so fucking funny? And it's like, no, I want a divorce. And and like and the whole thing it just becomes this like back and forth of like expressions of him like pushing button buttons and she's just kind of standing there in total like disbelief. Stunned. Yeah. Stunned. Like stunned. when you say words that I I can't even react to. I just can't. You just can't. Yeah, anyway, so stunned disbelief is what Jarrett said. Yep. And uh, so this is probably like an hour into the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a solid hour. And yep. then that's when the movie starts rolling. If and, then, you... and then it gets into its like... The movie's really five acts, I guess. Like five modes of action yep. pretty well. Yep. So the first... Yeah, so we're now on to three. And three is now where... Uh, Richard's going to j- rejoin Jeannie's party in her job, I guess, or activities, where she's entertaining some night, some other guys, and Richard's alone. He goes, he goes to the bars. Um, the, Richard, like, so John Marley's face, like I was mentioning before, is just emblazoned to my brain. He looks like a goddamn like zombie. Uh, my my letterbox review. Explain. So, I don't know. It's like that tall white hair. He kind of reminds me of that first zombie, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> In that suit, he, he looks dead. Like he looks like shit. Bags under his eyes. The tall white hair. A smoky voice. It's almost like this. Feels like sometimes like John Cassavetti's worst fear is becoming this guy. I think that's a, a representation of America, Jared. Of America, smoky mm-hmm. and boozy. Um, so. But yeah, I, I, in my letterbox re- review, I kind of mentioned that this movie feels like Night of the Living Dead offcuts, where this is yeah. kind of like if you were like, like, okay, we have to make a zombie movie out of this like entire like scene, and you cut that movie out. This is kind of like the the framing of that because it's got the same tone of like just angry <laughs> white people in a black and white world that are just at each other's throats, and you're just in rooms and they're arguing about where how the the cellar is the safest place. And mm-hmm. like that, like this movie, just like oh, we don't we 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 took that part out of it. But this is like what happened before, 
or and they don't realize there's a zombie apocalypse. Um, but you, you're just left with like people at their worst and most human at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, Cause it was just like this kind of like long series of drawn out scenes of just people talking like real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Richard shows up, he kind of crashes the party with the, the, the new group of party boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, th- things take weird turns and there's weird arguments uh, and there's like back and forth, the power kind of like, hey, what do you do for a living? Ah, oh, you make must, you must make good money at that. You do insurance. Ah, oh, do you know so-and-so? Oh, I know that guy. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah, I've worked with him. I know him. Oh, I can't believe it. What a hell of a world. But then, then they start fighting. Uh, yeah, there's an actual fist fight. Yeah. And uh, it is, it's kind of like Dukes the, are put up. Yeah. It's kind of like the business card scene in American Psycho is what they do for a while where it's like, check out my business card. And it's just uh, back and forth. And it's like, and they, then, it's uh, like they're taking it out of their pants and putting it on the table and flopping it yeah, down. And just back and forth like you do. Penis. And uh, oh, Jared. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, his, uh, his lackey um, comes in and he goes, you son of a gun. He's like, you could have taken him. And he's like, I could have taken him. You know I could. He's like, I know you dropped that son of a bitch. Like that. Mm-hmm. I know you would. We all, everyone in the room knows you would. Don't worry about it, boss. It was, and his buddy's like not even like trying to break it up. He's kind of like, oh, here we go. And, yeah. his, and his boss, like, man, he puts him in a headlock. That's like the biggest like noob move of them all. It's like you don't even, it's like you watch too much pro wrestling thinking a side headlock's a good move. I mean, because your opponent, they're back. It's like they'll just take your back and they can choke you out. How much if, uh, if John Marley knew what taking the back was? Do you think there was a lot of pro wrestling taken the back in 1968? Or yes, Madison Square Garden, baby. What happened there? I don't know. Probably watching like Bruno Sammartino matches or something. Okay, I didn't know. That's uh, I'm curious. It might be a little bit too quickly, but I know people love wrestling. Okay, and it's like it's well, is this New York? This is uh, Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of like make one comment because like it could be anywhere, and like it's very yeah. like stripped out. But I think this actually I think it is Los Angeles, and they would like, maybe they went down to, like they drove up to like uh, the Bay Area, went to the Cow Palace, watched Pat Patterson wrestle. The Cow Palace. Cow Palace. I don't know if you know, but there's a Cow Palace in uh, Creepsville. Well, I mean, <laughs> did Pat Patterson wrestle there? I, I can't really say. Uh, I, I don't really want to comment on that at the moment. But okay. uh, So anyways, yeah, those dudes fight for a while. They, and they, then, have, uh, they, they and scuffle, they and they have a tussle, yep. and then they leave on good terms. And then Richard and Jeannie are like talking about, hey, I left my wife. <laughs> uh, I like what we're doing here. I like what this is. And she's kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> she goes, okay. And then he's like, don't be silly. Be, be, be normal for once. And she's like, hmm? She says it like that too. Hmm? Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get the, it cuts away to mm-hmm. what, what is, what is Maria doing? Maria's going, she goes and has a night out on the town with the gals. Yes, and, sir. And they come across one Chet. Chet played by Seymour Cassell, Max, Max's dad from Rushmore. Seymour sex. Cassell, oh. I believe, is uh, his middle name. Well, you know that movie uh, Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. That's about. Is that about Seymour Cassell's life? Well, it's a remake of a movie starring Seymour Cassell. Well, he and, was a and, sex, and, and that, he had that, sex appeal, and that could like, apparently. 
so the very first time I watched this movie, mm-hmm. oh man, did I hate Chet. Like he is so annoying in this movie. His laugh, his mm-hmm. like his presence, like because you know what's going on. It's like the what's pro- going it's, on it's, here? The, it's the process of elimination. Because <laughs> he 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 sees he sees Maria. He sees a mm-hmm. uh, uh, a woman that is uh, aching. Fragile and fragile, vulnerable, and he's just like, I'm gonna wait it all out. I'm gonna ride it through all these like these other ladies. I have not, I've got no interest in this. And he 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 grinds them down, works through it. He even actively pushes a few of them away. Yeah, in interesting, innovative ways. He criticizes one. He says, "You know, you're a real idiot, and you should feel ashamed of yourself. You're a goof." And uh, that lady was like, well, fuck you then. So she leaves. There's an older lady who he can do no wrong with, Jarrett. She's just like, you know what? I need this. And she even goes to our main girl and she's like, listen, I know it's not good, but I need some hot Seymour Cassell action. I need it now. Uh, And so he he literally physically drives her away (laughs) and then he returns. Yeah. He he makes it seem like he's interested, and then uh, and then uh, you get the the double fake where uh, it's like, oh, did he actually leave with that old lady? And then he's just in the house again somehow, Jason style, and uh, he he gets her, gets her. But uh, that's also that's about twenty minutes into lots of singing and lots of dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. This movie may push one's boundaries of tolerance for. Verte of, I, uh, of the real. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that, but uh, yeah, because this bad boy is uh, an, a cool two and a half, two fifteen, two ten. Two is only two ten, man. Two ten. Okay, well, apparently the original runtime was like an three hours <laughs> at one point. Um, yeah, I could see it be even even longer. If if someone told me that this movie is ten hours long, I wouldn't even doubt it. I'd be like, yeah. Of course it is. Sounds about right. Yeah, of course. So yeah, no um, the plot on Wikipedia says the night proceeds as a series of tense conversations and confrontations occur. I mean that happens too. Yep. Well, because uh, so, Cassell and Maria, they couple. They couple up, uh, and then you do get so like what we didn't see totally uh, before is so old man. Uh, Scrooge Marley or whatever, Bob Marley, whatever his name is. Yeah, Bob Marley, uh, of course. Bob Marley. Uh, he's hanging out with uh, Gina Rowland, and they have fun, but then it kind of hits a wall, too, where mm-hmm. he's just like, he's like, you know, you should be like this. Uh, and she's like, but I'm not. And he's like, huh. He's like, I thought you were like that. And you kind of you kind of see in his eyes, it's like, maybe he regrets the decision he made. Maybe he just needed a night out is what he needed and not a full on divorce adultery. So, uh, he, he gets his fill and then he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. See you later. And and then he goes whistling on back home. Yep. Uh, Top of the world. Top of the world. He, he got what he wanted. Uh, Uh, Well, that's happening. Um, his, his wife is ODing or like, or like alcohol poisoning and some pills, a little bit of all that. And Seymour Cassell's like, Oh shit. And tries to call an ambul an ambulance, ambulance. as, as, as uh, Jr. would say, and mm-hmm. doesn't know the number. 
And he's also like, fuck. So he, he solves it. He And so you get an extended sequence of him saving his her life, keeping her awake, using the, the bathtub, putting on that cold water, slapping her across the face. Yeah, he... he... He wails on her pretty uh, good. Yeah, uh, he makes some coffee. He's uh kind of flopping her around, waking her up, and uh, yeah, it's really long. It's like fifteen minutes almost mm-hmm. of uh, him just basically resuscitating this lady to life. Yep. And then when she starts to cough and puke and stuff, uh, Seymour Cassell comes back and he goes, "You he said you sneaky little guy." He's like, "You think you thought you could take some pills?" He said, "I love you." He's like, "I fucking hate you." But I love you. He's like, you sneak. He's like, mm-hmm. nah, you won't get me with that one again. Mm-hmm. He, he becomes very playful afterwards, Jim. That's right. But they do share a pretty tender moment, I think. They're yeah. both having a cigarette. It's hitting her pretty tough as uh, she almost died. Uh, but they they have a nice little embrace. And then, then Big Rich comes back home singing and dancing. Uh, yeah. Chet, Chet hears this man coming into the house and escapes out the window up over the roof without a shirt. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, well, look at you. Look at you, wife. One night I'm gone. He was schlepping around. Yeah, and, and he starts just kind of berating her in this, like, one-sided way because she's just, like, you know, she's just survived uh, uh, having an overdose, an, an attempted suicide. And it's just like over this shit and uh that's kind of how we go out yeah yeah well you get like a little mix of uh shared uh shame and disappointment Mm -hmm. towards the other person he comes home he's happier than shit he sees what's going on uh, and then uh, he does have a little bit of a tirade. He's like, well, the kitchen's a fucking disaster. He's like, well, you couldn't do it upstairs. Had to come down to the kitchen. He's like, yeah, animals. Uh, and then uh, they, they share a cigarette, like you said, and they just have a nice little stairway kind of um, acceptance. And then uh, it goes on for a little while, and it lets you decide what happens, Jared. Do they, do they mo- go on? Do they continue? Or is that it? I don't know. You'll have to figure that out for yourself. Well, got a, I have two questions for you, RJ. Maybe even sure. more. But first of all, sure. would you agree with the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress that refer to the film as, quote, an example of cinematic excess, unquote? What do they mean by the word excess? Um, the extended confrontations reveal quote, emotions and relations of power between men and women that rarely rarely emerge in more conventionally structured films, unquote. Because uh, I, th- I think they're talking about how it's over two hours long and it's just like five, six scenes of people yelling and getting drunk. Do you, do you want me to answer in, question? Because that'll be my kind of take up, on them. In close-up, hence faces. Yeah. Do you want me to answer that or is yes. that hypothetical? That's, that's a real question. Okay, that, I, I'm going to play my cards then again. Uh, so I think I think the only one that doesn't – the only one I would describe as excess is the the first 10 minutes of the 30-minute intro because uh, I think that first 10 minutes, you're kind of like – you're following it. You're like, what's going on? And then it gets into it, and then I, I think it's good. And then the singing with Seymour Cassell is a bit much at some points. But I think even with that hard, cold open – 
where you it's like so long i think it actually plays really well for the other four acts like you kind of describe them uh i actually think that they're like really well done and how how long they are and how drawn out it is because it does i mean they took the words out of my mouth it, it does actually like it allows these things to breathe you know the scenery the characters they're they're alive and they're it's this back and forth they're going through so much stuff jerry it's pretty wild so yeah i agree with that thing i think it uh i think in well i don't know about agree but uh i think the excess plays in its favor for sure would you agree with critic pauline kale who said uh negative of this film criticizing the quote badly performed unquote acting and the quote crudely conceived unquote scenes <laughs> Uh, absolutely not. Cause so here's the thing. I think superficially it could be seen as bad acting. However, as the scenes progress, I think all the actors are actually doing a pretty amazing job at acting real life. It's not the actorly like uh Ty Sheridan, like a uh, hell or high water type stuff, you know, like he's like, you, uh, Comanche and like the way, people talk and you're like that's not how people talk the writerly talk this is real people man people are awkward people sometimes fumble their words i know i know that's hard to believe coming from two eloquent gentlemen like us but uh people suck at talking like you ever tried talking to a person it's not great so uh, i actually think that uh, the way that they act and especially because as they as the scenes go on it gets better and better. And it's like, well, that's kind of like people once they get a little bit more comfortable with each other. I think it's pretty expertly done. If you ask me and you did, so I that's did. my opinion. I cracked it open to you. That's my opinion, man. Um, yeah. So I'd say that like, I think faces is definitely not my favorite of the two that we've okay. watched so far. I do think it goes too long. I feel like okay. I, I feel like the scenes accomplish what they're setting out to do, but at the same time, it's not a it's not an enjoyable time. But it's like I'd rather watch like scenes from a marriage, I guess, that I think okay. express this same kind of like tension better or more interesting in my mind. I guess if I'm going to compare like this type of genre, this like kitchen sink degeneration of a relationship and mm -hmm. depicting it um, artistically this is not my favorite of this but I mean there's like things that are like emblazoned in my head about mm -hmm. this movie but I think it's just particularly Seymour Cassell because this was like at this point when I first watched this movie I'd seen only old Seymour Cassell and when I was watching this I mm -hmm. went holy shit look how young and blonde and without glasses this guy is he was, he was mm -hmm. so cute. He, he was in movies. And I guess that's why Wes Anderson probably put him in stuff. Um, I don't know too much about this John Marley guy, though. This this very old man playing a middle-ager. But but he's in stuff. He's in uh, Godfather. I mean, I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah well, for, for, for sure. He definitely is uh, some real screen presence. Yeah, kind of like you and me, right? Uh, yes, we have he audio presence. Audio presence or screen presence hey do you remember his turn in death dream everyone's favorite horror movie but ours uh which one is death dream again the one with the the, the vietnam allegory oh, 
if, if allegory seems to be almost uh, underselling it. For a second, I thought you said phallegory is like a sick burn, and Fa- I was like, phallegory. Uh, I would be on board with that. Um, I don't remember him in that movie, but oh, he's, uh, he's, I'll he's take the, your word for he's it. He's the dad. He is the dad. Yep. Uh, all right. Pretty sure. I don't. Re- I I barely remember that movie at all. That's fine. Like, is that okay? Is it okay that I don't remember that? Yeah, this guy is like I mean, a cool dude. He's dece. He's dece. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else? Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, really. I mean, yep. I, I I think this is a. If you're an experienced Cassavetes, you got to watch it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, I think uh, Shadows is uh, a much better time. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll jump in here and just say that I'm at we are at complete odds with each other again, and uh, this is probably the end of the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I like shadows, but I actually think Faces is pretty okay, Jared. Pretty real okay. Pretty good show. Um, I like Faces a little bit more than Shadows uh, for a few reasons. So I kind of already talked about how I do think. Some of the heart open is a bit much. Some of the singing is a bit much. Uh, but I I do like Cassavetti's style and stuff, and especially, like, filming. Like, I like that hard smash zoom in and, like, the obscured camera where it's just, like, it's just, like, a person's chin for, like, 10 seconds. And he's, like, I can imagine someone on set was, like, should you, should you zoom out, John? And should you maybe show their whole face? And he just said, nah. It's the chin. The chin is what you're looking for. It's seven minute abs, not six, seven. Uh, I imagine it kind of played out like that. Um, so I really like the obscured like framing where it's either super oh, smashed in or it's like uh, people overlapping with each other. Love it. It's awesome. Uh, and I do actually kind of agree with that that uh, that one take where it's like the long scenes kind of facilitate uh things like what it's actually about to come through where you can see the progression with the actors within the scene they start to get better uh it kind of goes back and forth and i actually i i think it is a really good representation of real life i do so uh i like faces man i think it's um i like the story itself i also like the hard smash of here's his story and then here's hers. Like, I think that's a nice kind of like, uh, you wouldn't, I mean, people would try to do it now too, but, uh, I like how it's presented like that. Uh, people try to do it now, but I don't think it would be as good. Um, and I, I think the, I think the ending, like it doesn't, I don't think it like gets you where you're like, Oh man, Whoa, that's crazy. Like, I just, I think it's actually pretty fitting. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, I was like, that's a very natural place for this to go. And I like it. So, and some of the scenes, you know, they're just sitting on the stairs having a smoke. And it's like hashtag relationships. Am I right, Jarrett? Mm hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that's curious is I was just kind of looking at like uh, the, the private uh, Criterion Creeps ranked list I keep going. Whoa. And when I had put these together, I actually had faces above shadows um, the day of. Like when you watch them and it's just days yeah. later, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. My mind now shifts to like I think I like Shadows more, 
but at the time that's fine I, at the time i like faces like i would put them like pretty well neck and neck as far as yeah. like my enjoyment because like i guess like maybe i'm being too harsh on faces when i'm talking about it because i know that movie's like it's like really good like it's got some stuff in it that's like so well done but i think i think you're being fine uh you can you can be the champion of shadows and i'll be the champion of faces i think i think you're being too strong there done and done what, what do you mean too strong no. they're both i Champ- think they're both champions well of the podcast episode that I, is. I see i think they're both real good shows but i do think uh i enjoy faces a little bit more and that's okay because you like people arguing i do like people arguing because yeah. it makes me feel less bad about my life <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, that's that's pretty dark <laughs> well 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 what you want to hear about from people who hate these movies i can only imagine oh yeah goodness okay here we go who hates shadows we'll we'll give you a two here folks okay uh jay lage half a star Mm. virtually unwatchable improvisation from indie cinema pioneer Cassavetes that is so taxing it's a wonder anyone can get through its 82 minutes starting with the story such as it is to the acting to the junky dialogue re-recording it's an amateur effort and it shows painfully half a star for capturing the time capsule some of New York City of the late 1950s I mean I think that's a little harsh like, I, I know it's an amateur film, but I don't think it's painful. It's not like some other movies we've watched so far. The only thing painful I'm seeing is this person's favorite film being The 400 Blows. Remember that one, Jer? Remember mm-hmm. how people don't like that we make fun of that movie? Well, you do. Yeah, we. Uh, they just gave The Nightcomers a half a star, which is a Criterion Channel horror film that I believe we might both be watch- checking out this month. Michael Winner, baby. Uh, they also gave a half a star to Marriage Story, which I've never seen. Seems like, but I find interesting. I feel like that movie might not exist if it weren't for Cassavetes. That's that's exactly like having not even seen that movie. That was kind of what I was. I was about to say. I feel like Marriage Story would try to emulate these movies, but who knows? Uh, um, next we've got half a star from Luke. Sure, we do. If you say this film feels jazzy, go fuck yourself. <laughs> if you think this film is worthy of note for anything past its primitive, primordial goop role that led to American indie filmmaking, you're whack. This is a shitty movie with shitty writing, acting, editing, etc. This is not jazzy. It does not capture jazz. You want a jazz film? <laughs> go watch Symbiopsychotaxoplasm. Take one, a film actually made by a black filmmaker that captures real improv in humans, and then we'll talk. Fuck. I mean... Luke is hot. I mean, that's pretty hot from a dude who gave Hamilton a half a star. I've never seen Hamilton. I have no idea what that's about. But yeah, this dude's coming in very strongly, and uh, it's like we talked about in earlier. It's like, yeah, like what you mentioned. It's like, yeah, Cassavetti is a white filmmaker, but... like. I don't think he was like overplaying his role at all. I don't know. Anyways, this person gave Playtime a half a star. Oh my goodness. They gave Cannibal Holocaust a half a star. Oh. 
uh, In the Mood for Love, a half a star. Lady Bird, a half a star, which is strange because I think they gave eighth grade five stars. Okay. Which is weird. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, Funny Games, five stars. Which Jared. one? Which which one? The, uh, the original. Nice. But I don't think that matters. Both of those movies are bad. Uh, lots of Criterion things, five stars, but... I don't know, dude. Anyone who gives Night of the Hunter five stars, it's like, do I want to be friends with that person? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you know? Uh, Not really. Uh, on to faces. Sure. Uh, half a star from Larry Crawshaw. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Jared, can I tell you something that's going to blow your goddamn mind? What? Do you want to hear this? Okay. Okay, so first of all, this person only has five half-a-star films. One of them is Faces. One of them is the newer Fantastic Four, uh, Dark Phoenix, X-Men, Terminator Genesis, and M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. So somehow Faces fits in there with those ones. Wow. Uh, Larry Crashaw's five, uh, four favorite films, and I will point out that their bio is, I watch good movies. Four favorite films, Jarrett. Star Wars, the original. Raiders of the Last Ark. <laughs> Die Hard. And Back to the Future. Ah, damn. You know, if that's like on your letterbox, mm-hmm. and I saw that, you know what movie I would never recommend you watch? Faces? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They also gave Fight Club five stars since I know well, you were wondering. I, well, I knew that. I mean, I'm surprised that it's not part of the Mount Rushmore. I bet it. I bet it goes in once in a while. Yeah, that um, a, a, a Kubrick. A Kubrick. Uh, I, there's got to be one in here. They just gave Hamilton five stars, so that's contrary to what the other person said. They gave The Room five stars. Ironically. Uh, Frig, I don't know, man. They that, gave that Watchmen. TV uh, no show Planet stars. is the room a five star experience, though. That's no. like it's not even that entertainingly bad. Hey, come on, no, people. fucking it's... losers. All right, finally, Tobias Warnick. Okay, half a star. Faces is a load of shit, <laughs> but it nice. references eating ass, so it's pretty much a progressive masterpiece. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where is this eating ass coming into play? Because at no point in the movie did I hear that. I guess like maybe Tobias Warnock is talking about uh, that that scene. He, he totally misread that. Uh, clear, uh, clearly, a hundred percent, he misread that situation. Or, or maybe we're wrong. I no, don't know, I don't know if they're eating ass in 1968 with a plum. No. I'm sure some, some were, but I don't know if uh, Cassavetes would have even known about that. I mean, Cassavetes himself might have been involved in that, but I really doubt that no, that's no, what this thing no, is no, about. No, 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 not, not John. Don't talk about him that way. Yeah. Well, did you know that Tobias Warnock gave three billboards five stars? I was not aware. Did you, Were you aware that he I, also So gave, he, would give it, he would give it five billboards. Five billboards? He also gave The Room five rooms. God damn it. Also, you know, Die Hard is five stars, Back to the Future, Princess Bride. And like I don't I don't dislike any of those movies or anything like that. It's just these are the trends that you notice, Jared. No. These are the trends that you notice. Uh what's in half stars? 
some Neil Breen films, uh, The Last Airbender, and Batman and Robin. No, nah, that's not a half star movie. Come on, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. That's oh. that's that movie serves its purpose. That's the it's that's good. that's the lazy man's review of that movie, though. Yeah, yeah, that movie's way more than what this person thinks. I watched like. 10 minutes of that movie like 10 years ago and I was kind of like this is like shit but it's entertainingly shit I've seen that movie like 50 times I think that movie's good I've definitely not hit 50 on that movie I'll go well I mean it came out when I was actually a little kid so I watched the shit out of that I I watched it in theater and uh yeah it's not good but half a star I mean you gotta reserve that for like the real the real offenders The, the marines uh yeah, the, I haven't seen that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. It's a tough. For one. the hunter killers, you should give a half a star, Jared. That's right. The hunter but killers. Bad bad girls go to hell. I'll talk about that next oh, week. What I a, have what a tease. I have I have something to say about that film. Very good, very good. Well, any other thoughts here? You know, the one thing that. Going into this, I was kind of not looking forward to doing the Cassavetes box set here in the midst of Creeptober. But uh, actually, I'm like kind of like, oh, I actually look forward to continuing watching the, the next two of these movies. I think the next two are uh, slam dunks, to be honest. So uh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board. And yeah, uh, I also was kind of dreading it. But uh, Faces at 210 just flew by. Just flew by for me, so did I'm not on... for, did not for me, <laughs> and that's fine. I was very aware of its uh, the passage of time at moments, and that's there's totally... some there's some there's some very good stuff in this movie, but uh, like you're I, I, I'm I'm not going to be like oh I I'm going to pop on faces and check that out again. That that's not happening. It'll be a long time before I see this movie again, and it'd be a it's a tough recommend to people. Faces. Yeah. Oh fuck! I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Well, see, that's 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 part of the like my thinking on this is like, huh? Who's this for? Like, you got to be a, a real cass head, I think. Well, they found one at least. No, yeah. they got they, they found, got me. They got you. But so what are you... <laughs> okay, right? all right, all right. We're good. We're good here. We're good. All right. All right. Ah, uh, fuck! After the break, um. RJ, in his sadness, takes too many pills, but Jared's not around to save him. I fuck, I wish. I can see your face in my mind. I can see your face in my mind Carnival dogs Consume the lights Can see your face in my mind Yeah. 
with your eyes I can't seem to find the right line So RJ, inspired by how impressed you are with faces, are you going to head upstairs and tell Andy it's divorce time so you can reenact your favorite movie? She watched it with me, so she knows. Well, she knows what's coming. It gave her some. Uh, it gave her some ideas of her own. She's got a shed already lined up, I'm sure. We never even mentioned how big that lady's hair was. It was really big. Did you see how tall her hair was? It was of the time. Yeah, I know, but it was really tall. Andrea's hair is not that tall. Well, I mean, so you're, you're, uh, I mean, well, I, I, I guess the one, the, well, my other hole though is that like you're both pretty far away from being middle aged. Like, Andy has to stop aging soon, and then you have to age rapidly. I'd like you to have this conversation again, but with her. Okay, I, that's fine. I'm I need fine. you to tell her to stop aging. Okay, I'll let her know. I'll, and I'll, I don't mean I'll, that like I'll, I want that. I'll DM. Just... I'll DM. Say, Andy, stop aging. So okay. we so we can reenact faces properly, and, and then you get a deal with uh, I don't know what, what do you think he smells like in that movie? Like we all we, well that and just just meat. I bet some kind of balm. Like he's probably got sore <laughs> do you, do you, muscles. Do you think that guy fucking eats vegetables? No, 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 no. He's an insurance but, salesman in the late sixties. Yeah, no, he that dude's eating potatoes and meat every day. But I imagine he's nope. got sore joints and he's no, rubbing no pasta. Icy hot. No pasta. Tatas. Tata salad. No. That kind of stuff, Jarrett? Yeah. Uh we're you can follow us on tatersalad.com. We have an OnlyFans. We have a uh, Twitter. We got uh, other shit. Uh, there's Facebook or Instagram if you want. We're on SoundCloud on YouTube. Uh, go on YouTube and uh, defend us from uh, mean people. So mean. It's just so mean. Let them know that Inland Empire is not a good movie. And if you think it is, you can unsubscribe. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We don't have any subscribers anyway. So what am I going to do? Chase away one guy? Who gives a shit, right? What about next week, RJ? Next week we have uh, Bagul. Pain but, a visit. Well, we hope. I mean, our, one of these one of these years we're gonna have to actually revisit our patron saint of sinister. I believe, Jarrett, they are all available on two. I, I think there's only two. There's, I think. Wait, which which one is? I think there's. Th- I think, is, is there like? Again? I think there's three insidiouses, and I think there's only two sinisters. But I could be wrong. Oh yeah, okay. I was way off. I was thinking of insidious. Yeah, yeah. I I've often I have had to clarify myself. Okay, so sinister is where Bagul is from. Yes, and Vincent okay, well, D'Onofrio. <laughs> his name is Bagul. <laughs> On our platform uh, of choice, Skype. Yeah, so that's next week. Uh, no emails. Don't even fucking, fucking think about it. We'll just do that. You'll just get forgotten. Don't even fucking it's think ha- about it's it. It's not happening. We're if going to Google school. Yeah, there's no emails. This is like our fourth year, too. This is like uh, we're in our like end of our bachelor's program, our undergraduate. What happens uh, after that? I don't know. Just more pain. You know, work, work in the real world for a little bit. Uh, we could try, but no one will hire us, I'm sure. 
so yeah, I guess we'll go to Ghost School for part 13, which is to be determined because they haven't made part 13 yet. Yeah. Well, we, and we haven't. And we haven't either. Do you have anything to add on that, Drew? Um, not at this time. I mean, what, what's the name? What's that? Is it Witchcraft? Is that that really shit series I watched the other year? I watched like the first part, and I was like, how the fuck did they make dozens of Wasn't it? Oh, it is. Camp. Oh, shit. Here we go. Witchcraft 13. Camp Blood's Wicked. Way better than uh, playing with dolls. But Witchcraft 13, Blood of the Chosen. Blood of the Chosen? Yeah, there we go. Ghoul well, School go. 13, Blood of the Chosen. Well, see, it was right there the and whole then, time. And then the week after that, Witchcraft 14, Angel of Death. Damn, we should have been doing this the whole time. Well, I don't know if, like, uh, let's see here. We're, we're, we're giving our A material now. See, Episode 2 would be The Temptress. Episode 3, The Kiss of Death. Episode oh, yeah. 4, The Virgin Heart. Five, Dance with the Devil. Six, The Devil's Mistress. Seven, Ooh. Judgment Hour. Eight, Salem's Ghost. Nine, Bitter Flesh. Ten, Mistress of the Craft. Eleven, wow. Sisters in Blood. Twelve, In the Lair of the Serpent. Ooh, and then after an eight-year hiatus, it came back. Because there's fucking 16 of these, RJ. Well, so we, we're set for death, two more Creeptobers. Blood Rose, and then Hollywood Coven. Hollywood Coven? Hollywood. That fits in with our aesthetic. That's us. That's us, baby. Yeah, I'm totally on board with all of that. Uh, and I don't know if there's anything else I missed. Follow us on OnlyFans. Send me money. Patreon. I'll show you Garrett's toilet. Yeah. Oh, Patreon, yeah. Go on there if you want to be on Ghoul School. It'll be five hours long. Don't do that. Don't yeah. join on Ghoul School. No. Actually, we don't. No. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But you can join us on our next one of our next episodes. We're really excited about the episode coming up next month. The episode in question is um, Shortcuts. What? <laughs> and, I don't know, dude. Don't let me do this. I'll never again. <laughs> never. Did you know it's Worf's birthday next month? Good night. Yep. Bye.